some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Here. It's good to have you back, Mr. Gandia. Oh, thank you very much. Let me get rid of this uh, music because it's feedbacking a little. Yeah, it's great to be back, Dan. I've missed you very, very much. How you been? I don't know if it's me or it's our connection. It kind of sounds like you're underwater, though. Really? It just sounds like you're far away. Like you've been gone so long that even though you're back, you're still gone. I do have a different setup. <laughs> Maybe I that's it. I don't know. It, yeah, let me uh, see. If it I looks like you're not in the basement either. Where the fuck are you? I'm in my kitchen. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I was going to say, normally you're downstairs. Yeah, exactly. Let me uh, take these AirPods off and maybe that'll. Do I sound better now? It just, it sounds, sounds like you're not, I don't know, like you're too far away from the mic or something. Testing one, two, testing one, two. That's Maybe it's me. Does anybody else feel this way in the chat room? Tooch, do, do I sound uh, funny to you? No? Where are you, Tooch? You're I muted. can't hear Tooch now. <laughs> He's muted, that's why. It's, it sounds like birds or bugs. Or well, I hear that too, but it sounds like he's too far away from the mic to me. <laughs> How's this? T testing one, two, one, yeah. two, one, two, That's one, good. two. Is that better? Yeah. Was that like the fridge or something or a fan or air No, I had the uh, the patio door open and uh, we got a bunch of cicadas on yep. this fucking tree. That was it. They're ruining my summer. For Dan, it was underwater cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you don't think he sounds too far away from the mic? Uh, Tooch is giving me a thumbs up. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's just go. It's just me then. We had a big day, right? Uh, lots of Bears 
uh, info heading into uh, the summer camp and uh, the orange uniforms and the Jaguars? Where do you want to start? I want to start by uh, staying on the same topic we were about how much I missed you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I did get a a peek at the two shows that I missed, and it seemed like you guys were having a ton of fun. I read some of the comments in the chat area, and everyone uh, seemed really pleased with the guests you had, the conversation, the Bears talk, and the tomfoolery and stuff. So congratulations to you and Tooch and, and Jordan and Sanjin. Who else was on while I was away? Oh, um, Aaron. Uh, my man, Aaron Mikulski. And uh, good, good job, guys. Just wanted to give you a shout out. And want to let people know that Chris Watts uh, of the Barfly Tailgate Show will be joining us a little later. And, of course, the Tooch will join us in about an hour or so. Uh, Dan, how's it been your sex life, uh, your personal life? What's been going on? I've just been real busy. I went to a Rob Zombie concert on Sunday just because, and I'm, I'm battling Hertz now, which is strange because I've always rented from there. Like I've got so many, I got a history of the last couple of years of just, you know, getting car, but my the main lady that deals with me is on vacation this week. So I got an email on Monday and they charged me a hundred dollars because it said they had to clean the interior of the car. And I was thinking, well, I know it rained earlier in the day, but I don't think I had any mud on my shoe. And I got all the Gatorade bottles out because it was 100 degrees. So, you know, I, I wanted to drink a ton of Gatorade. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is this fee for? And I've, I've called them three times and left a voicemail and they haven't gotten back in touch with me. Yeah, that, that happens to you all the time. Is, excuse me. Uh, that happens to you all the time when you have a, a complaint with a company. They don't call you back. Well, you figure that they'd be, they could have, they could have called me and said, look, if you don't come vacuum out this fucking car, we're going to cost, charge you a hundred dollars. I would have gone and vacuum out the fucking car. It's like, I can't imagine what the fee is for. I have no, I am bewildered by it. It's driving me crazy. I've been obsessing over it because I can't get a hold of anyone. Cliff says they should always take pictures when you rent a car. It pays off if there's trouble. It's a good idea. Uh, I returned it at 3 o'clock in the morning, though. It was just so fucking dark. You know, it may have been 3.30. Because, you know, I didn't. I, I, I was stuck in the parking lot about 45 minutes without being able to move. Oof. Yeah, it was horrible. I don't know what the fuck was going on. The police were just doing a terrible job of directing traffic. Was Rob Zombie good? Yeah, it's like my 10th time seeing him. I just took him because my cousin had never seen him before. So it, it was okay, you know. Does he do the Howard Stern uh, music from the movie Private Parts? The, I know the song you're talking about, uh, The American Nightmare. No, he does not perform that. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I guess because Howard uh, did some of the sound for that, or I don't know why. But anyways, Rob Zombie is also a prominent filmmaker of horror movies. He really... Uh, stretches the boundaries. Uh, have you seen any of his movies? Yeah, I like The Devil's Rejects. The others, I'm lukewarm to. Mm-hmm. I saw he's uh, rebooted. It's going to be a movie, though, uh, The Monsters. Mm-hmm. If you know the old show, his movie's going to be PG, though, and it's on Netflix. It just, I don't know. He's, of course, he's got his wife in there. He always throws his wife on you. Just it feel, I feel like his movies aren't very good. Hey, Dan, lower your gain a little bit. We just got uh, Travis Dunaway saying that sounds like you might be too close to the mic or just overmodulating a little. How about now? Check, 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 and pull the pot down. Oh, you sound so sexy. <laughs> you're sexy. What, what's going on with the sex life? 
Oh man, I've just been at work. I haven't really had time to do any of the filthy things, you know. So I um I made up for it, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had the two weeks off. I would imagine you you got uh, some of that out of your system. Yes, I did. (laughs) Good for you. Uh, All right, let's talk Chicago Bears because we have so so much to get to. And uh, Dan, I got to ask you: Did you hear the press conference? today from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and then some of the other players talked out. I didn't get to watch it live, but again, I read through Twitter updates of everyone who was basically telling me what was being said. Okay. So did anyone on Twitter uh, sound an alarm about Ryan Poles? Because frankly, I thought he was at a fucking funeral today. No, I didn't hear anything bad about his tone. So please uh, extrapolate off that thought. Well, I'm going to play some sound, and uh, and maybe you can see and hear for yourself. But I was really, frankly, amazed that on the opening day of training camp, um, thank you, Retro. Thank you. I got an announcement about Retro that I got. I can't forget to uh, mention later. Um, but back to the topic of polls, I just thought that he, he sounded like he had been scolded by the McCaskies about what has transpired over the last few weeks with arrests. And I don't know what the fuck was going on. I'm only, I'm only guessing, but I just found him to be lackluster in his uh, presentation. And out of a general manager, I want a level of confidence. And you may not be confident that you're going to make it to the playoffs this year, but a level of confidence about what you're doing. And he has shown that in the past. But I just think that today he sounded like, what the fuck? You know, um, I, don't, I don't know. So I'll, I'll play some sound to see if I can convince you of my point of view. Not that you need any convincing, but um, I, I was just shocked by that. Do you feel – I don't want to make too big of a deal out of this. This is not going to impact the season, I don't think. But do you feel that it's necessary for a general manager when he's meeting with the media to – display a certain level of confidence and 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 positivity about what he is creating uh, I, I could see the argument for that but would you rather have honesty or a facade uh, maybe he's beat down like from he was giving us anything honest he was he was like let, let me play this about Roquan Smith and listen to his 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 speech pattern. I apologize for interrupting you, but no, no I was going to say, what if he's beat down from uh, getting Brisker signed? You're just tired, you know. Yeah, it could it could be, but you got to turn it on. You know, Dan, how many times have you been behind your radio uh, mic at at the radio station? Oh, that's true. Whenever somebody's dying or something, you still got to do your show. Exactly, and you know, the audience doesn't give a shit what's going on in your personal life, and so this was just to me a a great opportunity for him to. Take the fan base, which is already fired up about this season. We're, we're dying for football. We're talking about fucking football every day. This was a good opportunity for him to further that feeling with the fans. And those difficult questions that he was asked about player arrest, about uh, uh, Roquan potentially holding out, about Robert Quinn potentially wanting to betray, all of those difficult questions, he could have answered those in a much more positive manner and moved on to the subjects that he really wanted to herald. Listen to him talking about uh, about Roquan Smith when he was asked about Roquan's potential hold. Uh, right now, you know, 
we're going through the check-in process um, that's by noon, and we'll kind of take it one step at a time with that. What has Roquan communicated to you in regards to his intentions for this camp and, and what exactly is on his mind? Um, I'm just, I, I, again, I, I'm not going to get into just that situation at this time. Are you going to talk about it if he's not practicing? Am I going to talk about if he's yeah, not practicing? Like if he, as a hold-in, will you discuss it then? I mean... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what his intentions are. I know he checked in, and we're going to take it from there and gain inform, gather information, and, and take it one step at a time. That's all I can do. As somebody who was who participated in every single OTA, mm-hmm. did you have an appreciation for that from him, and were you surprised uh, uh, by the development? Yeah, that's our expectation of of everybody to show up and, and get better and put the time in. So, yeah. He does seem a little evasive and it's like, he just does not want to talk about this at all. But I mean, this is this, this is the gig you signed up for, bro. I mean, you, you got to talk about it. Yeah, Even if you can't disclose what he's asking for and what you're offering or what the McCaskies are offering. I get that, but you, you can't come on, man. It's, it's, you haven't even started week one yet. Yeah. You can't be this beat down. I agree with you. The tone was a little bit. Like he would have been John Fox's fucking wet dream of a GM there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> John Fox would be like, what a great press conference. What a, what a great press. You really want it there. <laughs> I love that. That's exactly right. You know? And I understand that some people are saying, hey, he's just kind of a serious uh, guy. But here's, here's my point about this. And I've said this throughout the years. I really do think that the communications departments for these NFL football teams, and let's just stay with the Chicago Bears, they need to do a better job of coaching up their coaches and general managers before they meet the media. These are the questions that are going to be asked. We've gone through media training where you now know to turn things to a positive, to show some energy. Don't let, don't seem like you're worried. Don't seem like you're blah, blah, blah. He's getting advice from a sports psychologist. He admitted today that he visits a sports psychologist once a month. Why isn't he meeting with a communications consultant once a month too? So that way he can have more effective communications with the media who then communicate that to the fans. We are old that as a fan base. We are old, old good communication because there aren't enough fucking games for our interest level. We, we, we wish all of us who love the game of pro football would love to have 162 game season like a major league baseball, but we know it's not humanly possible because of the nature of the game, the collision sport that it is. So when they're not playing football, give us something juicy, give us something of interest, give us something to hold on to. So, because if not, then we're going to go fucking watch that, that boring ass baseball game that's on right now. Yeah, I I understand your rant and I appreciate it. And I think maybe I'm just trying to play devil's advocate now because I don't have a, a, a good response. Perhaps Paul's is just beaten down because he knows the offseason is kind of blown. You know, it's it, it, you, you had the problem with the acquisition. Then you got multiple arrests and he's got to know that like and then Robert Quinn and that and then Brisker and then oh, fuck. Now Roquan, it's just it's not been smooth this offseason at all. And maybe he was just dreading talk and being held accountable for it. That's I, exactly I, the feeling that I got from his press conference, Dan. That's exactly yeah, just this 
oh god now i gotta answer questions yeah exactly. it's almost like you're being arraigned like he knew he's being charged for the with the crime but today he had to see the judge mm-hmm. and you know like but, but the media they asked good questions some of them you could say were tough but they also didn't really press them on some some things like the soup campbell firing you know, the question was posed in a good way, but he only answered a portion of that. He did not answer the part of the question that asked, why the hell did you fucking fire him? when he yeah, I read that on Twitter. Someone had, you know, put a partial quote. It was like he, he hired a replacement that would be best able to handle mental problems with the, the players. Yeah, I, I got the, I think I got the sound by here. It, it, he's basically wants somebody with experience at handle mental stress, as opposed to somebody like uh, the previous guy who did not have that kind of experience. Uh, Can't you have both? <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> great question. Um, and I was listening to Dan Bernstein on the score today, and he was saying this is because of the arrests. The Soup Campbell should have talked to two of the three players who were arrested for gun charges here in the state of Illinois. He should have talked to them and said, okay, do you do you, do you own a gun? Do you take it out in public? All right, let's make sure we take you through the proper paperwork in the state of Illinois so you could have your gun. This is according to Dan Bernstein. This was his speculation. But let's listen to uh, Ryan Poles talk about uh, the Soup Campbell firing. Yeah, so with that, I wanted to reshape um... – our player development group. Um, the one thing I've noticed, um, and I knew this coming in, is just the pressures that this game puts on you. Um, there's a mental piece to this that's absolutely critical. And I wanted someone that could come in and be educated through their education, through school, on how to work with players to get their mindset the right way. How do you how do you clear your mind? How do you how do you it helps resilience too, but how do you go to the next step, kind of push away a bad game, a bad practice, or things that are wearing on you uh, mentally, how can you overcome that? And I just wanted to go a different direction on the support that we we're giving our players in, in that aspect of it. Okay. M- makes sense, right? Um but I guess. Why did you fire the guy on his vacation? And why couldn't you have uh, both guys employed if, you know, it, it sounded weird. <laughs> the other thing is, is I was just watching this. Take a look at. Um, yeah. So with that, I wanted to reshape. Uh, take a look at Eberflus here. Uh, Eberflus is like, I don't know if you can see this, Dan. I can. Okay. Eberflus is like, I'm going to do my homework over here. I'm going I'm, to. I'm going to be like, I'm not in the room. Uh, he's talking about Soup Campbell. Or maybe he's looking at his paperwork saying, who's Soup Campbell again? <laughs> That's right. Who did we fire? I didn't fire anybody. <laughs> yeah, he refused. He's like, yeah, I had nothing to do with that. He's like, thank God they didn't ask me this shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's hilarious. So I don't know, man. I, I I want Ryan Post to succeed more than I want to grow more hair. I'm losing my fucking hair. And, but I, I don't give a shit about that. I want fucking Ryan Post to succeed. And I just felt like he had a big miss today. And he needed a, a PR victory because of the bad luck that he has had um, over the first few months of his 
uh, GM ship. And, you know, I, I, I have another rant in me. I should have saved it for later in the show, but I got to get this off my chest now. You know, while I was on vacation, uh, the David Moore news broke, gun charges, blah, 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 or, or, or something to that effect blew that. All of a sudden, people were criticizing Ryan Pose, and here I am going to do a 180 now, and I'm going to fucking defend him. Because if you want to complain about the fact that some of these guys have had off-season problems and that you wonder if they have the quality of character to be on the team, if you want to blame anyone for that, it's not Ryan Pose, it's Ryan Pace. He's the guy that left a bowl of shit for Ryan Pose to contend with. And Ryan Pose is of the philosophy, one that I admire, is break it all down and start from uh, the, uh, the foundation up. He's doing it the right way. And unfortunately, with that comes, you got to fucking scrape the bottom of the barrel. And some of these guys on the roster are the bottom of the barrel, not because of their talent, but sometimes because of their behavior issues, sometimes because of injury problems, sometimes because of whatever fucking reason. These guys are the bottom of the barrel guys. And so what happens then is you are going to potentially run into problems. And with polls, it's just happened more than you ordinarily would see with a new GM. But it is not Pose's problem. It is what Ryan Pace left him. And so if you want to point the fingers at someone, if you want to vent like I'm venting now, fucking vent that Ryan Pace. He's the fucking culprit in all this. That's it. I'm done with ranting today. <laughs> well, at least we got us another tackle and a right guard. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and those guys will probably be starting, which is not saying a whole lot, I guess, but uh, it, it is saying that at least that we improved the team. I'm sorry I'm eating an apple right now at the same time. <laughs> Hope, uh, excuse me for that. The, the tackle, is he on the left or the right side? Uh, Riley Reef has played both. I think he finished the season with the Bengals at right tackle before his ankle injury uh, forced him to out of, for the rest of the season, and I think I think after week twelve. But when he was with the Lions, and I'm sure Don Burr is going to jump in here and and talk. Tell about us he sucked, right? Exactly. Did he play for Minnesota at one point too? Yes, exactly. So he played. I want to say say five six seasons with the Lions. He had some good seasons. He had some bad seasons. And uh, then when his contract was up, they said, "Yeah, we're, we're going to try somebody else." The Vikings then signed them for a season. I think he had some injury issues with the Vikings and then ended up with the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe he's 30 years old. He's got to have, still have some good football at, in him. And at the very least, he, he should inspire better play uh, from the guys who are competing for those tackle jobs. So who's out then? Well, that's the big $64,000 question. Is Tevin Jenkins going to be riding the bench this year? Could that pot potentially happen? And Borum? Well, I, I think Borum is going to be a starter. I really do. I think well, Maybe the rookie's on the left side and the new guy's on the right. I think the line is going to look like Riley Reef at left tackle, a left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, Lucas Patrick at right guard, Michael Schofield the third from Orland Park here in Illinois. And then at right tackle, it'll be drum roll, Larry Borum. That sounds a lot better than last season. On paper, and then maybe you got some depth with 
you know, like you said, Jenkins is on the bench, but maybe he works his way into being the top guy that comes off the bench, sort of the Alex Bars guy mm-hmm. that can maybe play left or right. And maybe he's the, the, you know, on either side, he's the backup tackle is what I'm saying. But on yeah. paper, it seems uh, the fact that they got another right guard to me was monumental because I think that was the, the, the elephant in the room was like, dude, we, I understand why James Daniels is gone. Don't get me wrong. I do, but you didn't sign his replacement. So that's kind of the same argument that you were making a couple seasons ago. Like, all right, if you want to get rid of Charles Leno, then give us somebody to fucking start 96 straight games or whatever that Leno did in his, in his, in his spot. And we're ironically, we're still trying to replace him. It seems, you know? Yep. It, that it, uh, you know, I don't want to get on my <laughs> another one of my rants regarding Leno, but I, I, I do kind of miss the guy. The guy started every fucking game he was here with the exception of one, I want to say. And while his play was not sterling by any means, uh, you know, you got to get, you got to credit somebody who, who shows up to play every game and scores in the middle of the bunch of left tackles in the NFL. He was not in that bottom tier of left tackles. As poorly as he looked on some plays, he was an average left tackle, and that's great value for a guy you picked in the seventh round. Absolutely. I'll give you that. Um, So what about the wide receiver from the New England Patriots, Nikhil Harry? Uh, He was a first-round pick, I think like the 27th or 28th pick of of the draft. Unfortunately for him, under Bill Belichick, he could never get it going. He only had like about 150 yards passing. Some of the tape on him looks good, and then some of it looks kind of scary. The alligator arms uh, a a lot of plays. What are your thoughts on Harry? Uh, Is this just somebody to add more competition, or do you have any expectations that he could be a significant contributor? I thought we, we were into this on the, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, at like I had a bit a non malicious back and forth with Jordan, right? He's the gentleman out in California. Mm-hmm. His name Jordan. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was saying that he thought that the seventh round pick was like too much to give up for this guy, and and I just thought, you know, you, you could argue whether or not he should have been a first round pick, but the fact he is, he was. Mm-hmm. So to take a flyer on a guy that was drafted in the first round, in a worst case scenario, you cut him and you lost the seventh round pick. To me, that that's a good. I mean, you know, trial and error, you know, you got to take a swing. You got to get in the in the batter's box. And I thought that that was a good trade. Uh, expectations, I don't know, because I really didn't see him play. But again, uh, I'm okay with them at least trying. And now we have two guys, uh, he and St. Brown, that are both, you know, coming here in theory to play their asses off because they both, you would think, have a chip on their shoulder to say, I'm good, but I didn't get a fair shot in the other places. Yeah. So if you can't get... The, the DK Metcalf, uh, the, the big trade that's going to cost you a first-round pick, if not a first and a second or something, mm-hmm. then uh, maybe that's what you want, the, the guy that can exceed your expectations with his uh, emotions and his effort. Mm-hmm. I even read an article that they may make him a, a tight end. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen that. He's got that big body. He could probably make that shift, I wouldn't say, in a year's time, though, you'd have to give them a taste of it. Uh, you know, there's so much for a tight end to learn. It's it's about all the different blocking schemes, and then it's also about being a good wide receiver, being able to run the route tree. 
So it's a very complicated position. It, 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 you know, just ask uh, what's his name? Um, what was the, the the Tim Tebow? Oh God! <laughs> no <one> intended. <laughs> God, that was a, some of the funniest tape I ever saw in practice. Where he was just—he was running away from blocking people. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to have contact with that guy. Anyway, um, I want to go on a rant on Tebow, but I just want to say once more: uh, there are a lot of religious players in the league. But this guy, just because he's religious, is he's like he's kind of like a MAGA guy with them. Like they won't criticize him and they fucking like worship him. And even when he's awful, they pretend that like, oh man, Tim Tebow would have taken the Bears to a Super Bowl if he just got he won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. They're, I mean, they act like this guy's a Hall of Famer, but he doesn't get a chance to play because he loves God. Get the uh, fuck out of here. There something on social media, a, a, a former teammate of him said that that's all a facade. Yeah, yeah, there was a guy from the Broncos that said that he only kneels when there's a camera around to get attention for. I forget who said that, yeah. and I'm still eating my apple. I'm sorry about that. But that's okay. <laughs> I didn't get ready to go on air until like you know two minutes before. But yeah, he was accused of being disingenuous with uh, the religious thing and used it as a means of gaining that credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, enough about Tebow. Gosh, I could talk all day about him just because I dislike him so much. He's tried baseball, the NFL, tight end, quarterback. Come on, man. <laughs> and don't forget he allegedly broke up Lindsey Vaughn's marriage. <laughs> because she was... Because fucking him on the side, so the dude was... <laughs> She was having, he was having sex with her husband. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the husband, Lindsay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, the husband found out allegedly, allegedly. So again, I just thought, well, that's hypocritical, right? He's all about, you know, living a certain kind of life. I don't think breaking up marriages is uh, a part of that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, a retro is in uh, the chat. So let me get this out of the way before I forget, because Stuff is piling up for us to talk about today. Retro, who writes here about Tim Tebow, won a playoff game, and the Bears would love that right now. Absolutely, Retro. But I want to introduce Retro to everybody. He's going to be a guest on this show in the near future. But uh, Retro is going to be running our Facebook page now. And so those of you who like to hang out on Facebook, visit the Barroom Network. Retro is going to be in charge of all the editorial content. He'll also... Uh, engage people and let people know about our schedule. And, and he's going to make that page his own. It's a page that, frankly, I've neglected to run for the last couple of years. It's just automatically feeding stuff from uh, from our, our programming department. But uh, now Retro is going to give that page a personality. I've talked to him three or four times now. He's just, He's got a great personality. He's a Chicago Bears diehard from uh, New Jersey. You'll get to learn more about him. But uh, Retro is a guy, he, he volunteered for the job, and so I'm very grateful to him. Does he pronounce it Jersey or Joycey? He, uh, based on what I heard him say, I would say Jersey. He, he was not, he's not a Joycey type of Jerseyite. <laughs> I had a teacher in middle school that said she was some new Joycey. New Joycey. Oh, look at this. Brad Biggs has just come on uh, and wrote that Riley Reef's contract has $3 million base salary and he will receive another 4.5 million if he is on the field for 10% of the snaps and if the team improves in any 
of six offensive categories. You say ten percent of the snaps? Uh, if you you're correct, ten percent of the offensive snaps. Well, that means he could be a reserve and get ten. But go ahead. Sorry, that's all right. Um, and um, you're absolutely right. He could be a reserve and get that extra four point five. Uh, and and also the team must improve in any of six offensive categories. And Brad did not does not know what the categories are. Number one, don't get our quarterback killed. Less sex, less sex for fuck's sake. Less sex. <laughs> Start there and then just repeat that one for the next five categories. Um, and then he uh, Biggs finishes the tweet by saying another $2.5 million is tied to playing time, and there is a $2 million playoff bonus. So a very friendly deal, I think, for the Bears. How many years did he sign for? It's just a one-year deal. That's what I thought. Yeah. So basically he's Andy Dalton then. <laughs> Andy Dalton got one year, $10 million. That's about what he could get, right, with all these it's, other incentives. It's funny that you say that because that's uh, it ran through my mind that maybe he's going to get injured and one of these other guys is going to get a shot at left tackle and that person will, will will be the Lou Gehrig, never never lose that left tackle position. But, yeah, Riley Reef. I, I mean, you know, he, here's a guy who if he was really good, he would have already been on the team. And for him to have to sign a contract like that, where it's a $3 million base salary, but he should be on for 10% of the offensive snaps. So it's about a $7.5 million contract minimum that he'll get. For him to sign a contract like that just says that he was not much in demand. I, I think the Bears are lucky to get him just because there's, we've got so many unproven people in the offensive line. But that's the reality of the situation is you've got to go down to that bottom of the barrel again and find these guys who have not signed contracts for whatever reason. Um, well, at least he's kind of betting on himself, though. Which is good. Which yeah, is he's, good. he's got something to show. So, again, all the guys they've signed so far are like, okay, you can go get your money. Just show us what you got. Mm-hmm. Yep. Retro says that New Jersey is a myth. No true person from New Jersey says Jersey, including my man, Jim McMahon from the hometown of Jersey City, New Jersey. But of course, Arlene Wurzler said New Jersey. Who's that? That was my school teacher in seventh or eighth grade. (laughs) (laughs) Charlene said Joyzy. And she got uh, cancer at one point, like in the last decade, and just looked awful. I thought she was going to die, but it's fully, it made a full recovery. So great lady. Our retro response, well, that serves her well, but given that she was mispronouncing the name, I'm making that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she survived, though. I, I'm very happy for her. Good. Uh, God bless her. Um, Dan, you're still not a believer? <laughs> In God? Yes. Um, I, I don't like to say, I don't, you know, I don't like to say there is no God, but I mean, if you had to make me put my chips on one side or the other, I would say there's none, but. Who am I to tell people that they're wrong? I just ask because if if the Bears make it to the playoffs this season, I you will start believing in God. I've said the whole time they could make it. You are right. I'm I right. would just be telling everybody, see, come over here. I told you there is no God, and they were going to make the playoffs. So maybe people will stop believing and join me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, everybody could be right. I could be wrong. I don't like to be I don't like to be put in a box where I have to tell you yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've had a very complicated relationship with uh, with God, uh, but we'll save that for another show. We got so much more football here to talk about. Uh, this is uh, uh, Flus talking about uh, Riley Ridley, Riley Ridley, uh, Reef Riley. Riley Ridley, that's <laughs> yeah. a guy we never let play. Or, you know, I don't know, but apparently he hasn't stuck with another team, so maybe he uh, maybe he couldn't play. <laughs> Another great draft pick. Uh, so anyway, this is Flus on. Uh, uh, Riley and uh, Mark Schofield. What's great about signing those two guys is they have flex. You know, during their career, they've played left, they've played right, they've played inside. You know, so for us, it's 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 great by Ryan and in, in, in bringing those two guys in here. The experience and the flexibility those guys have are it's just outstanding. So that enables us to do a lot of different things. Um, so uh, we're in a much better spot with those two guys on our roster than we were 24 hours ago. So we're excited about that. And then uh, Lucas Patrick was asked about how long is it going to take for this offensive line to gel, given you got so many new faces. Um, I mean, you know, I think that's like a hot topic with O line, but uh, you know, you put enough work in and, and meetings and practice that you know, there's you could say there's never enough time, or there's always too much time. Um, so, not really much of an answer for you, but I know the. The two guys that we just signed are coming in. I mean, they're veterans, and, you know, it's always good to have guys like that and um, the other veterans we have in the room. And, you know, with Cody and Sam has played a lot of ball and kind of lean on those guys and for the young guys to figure things out and talk to each other that way. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, this offensive line is is the biggest question mark on this team. and I wonder I why they wouldn't bring these guys in sooner. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it, perhaps because they could not agree on the money. You know, as soon as, you know, a, a veteran like uh, Reef, he's going to look at, okay, when do people report? I don't want to have anything to fucking to do with the offseason and OTAs and stuff. I'm a veteran. I can get acclimated quickly. And so maybe that he said that as a deadline for himself. Understood. Maybe so too. So, um you know, a lot of these guys just don't want to fucking practice. And uh, with the CBA rules, it's getting easier and easier for them to avoid that stuff. Um, what do you think about Roquan Smith potentially being a uh, a hold in? He's going to be. I like the fact that he's there. At least he's showing that he wants to be a part of the team. I mean, like, like we said before we went on air, he modeled the new orange helmet, mm -hmm. uh, which I like. And for some reason a lot of people don't like yeah, but I thought, it, I thought it looked good to go with the orange jersey which i also like uh so if he I, but then again maybe he modeled that a month or two ago and it just got released the other day uh but anyway it seems like he's all in and the fact that he's there uh is saying like hey guys i'm you know i am here i want to be a part of this thing and mentally i can still watch film and do all these other things uh but just not the physical aspect until you get the deal done it's better than not being there Totally agree. Totally agree. So, where's Quinn? Did Quinn report? Uh, Quinn is in camp. Uh, so, we'll see if he practices. Uh, but this is uh, Jalen Johnson. He was asked today, you know, what about uh, Roquan? What if he doesn't practice? Our leader. I mean, y'all know who Roquan is and what he means to the team. 
Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we somebody got to fill that gap. It's no different to me as if he was injured or he was missing a few weeks during the game. Somebody got to step up. Somebody has to fill that leadership role. Somebody has to call mm-hmm. call the defense. Somebody has to somebody has to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, so, I mean, really it's a early preparation of what we what could happen during the season. Somebody got to step up. Jalen, is it is a teammate? Do you, do you kind of pay attention to what's happening for Roquan on the business side, knowing – you know, you could be entering action. Yeah, that part of it was kind of dull, actually. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cut that out. But, yeah, I mean, he's there, and that does speak a lot for he wants to work out a deal. Was it T.J. Watt with the Steelers uh, held out or held in uh, in a similar way and then signed a contract that, uh, a couple of days before the season started? You recall that, Dan? I don't. Uh, again, I, I'm surrounded by Pittsburgh fans, but I, I couldn't give a shit about them. But I know the guy's very good. Uh, but, you know, I know the salary cap is tight this season, but you can circumvent that by giving him a large signing bonus. Yeah. You know, right. right now. $20 million in, in cap, more than $20 million in cap space. So it's not, I don't think it's a question about not having enough money, and particularly with the cap going up next season and anticipate- well, no, you know, I know next season is going to be, you know, you know, we're in good shape, but I meant the gridlock of this season, you could give him a large signing bonus to sort of mitigate that affecting the 22 cap is what I'm saying. Sure. So there's ways of getting that done. If they want to get it done, like before we got on air, you know, we don't have a coach that was here when he was drafted. We don't have a general manager was here when he was drafted where he was playing a three, four. So, they can't really vouch for him. I mean, they can watch tape, but how he actually gets assimilated into the new scheme with the new coach, and you know, it I could see the 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 Bears side of it being a little bit reticent to give him a deal, but I also see his side of it and saying, Hey, this is the fifth year of my contract. I'm gonna be a free agent. I want to be here, get it done. I actually see both sides of this. And yeah. I think they're both right. If Ryan Paul's got a phone call today and said, hey, we want to send you two number one draft picks for Roquan Smith, what would you say if you were Poles? Two number one picks? Yeah. I mean, that's what we gave up for Khalil. And Khalil had all kinds of hype that exceeds anything that Roquan is. I'm not saying Roquan isn't a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's sort of been shafted a little bit in terms of his notoriety based on the fact the Bears haven't been that good. But I don't think anyone's going to give up two first-round picks for him. His his hype and his reputation don't merit that, in my opinion. What What if it was just a first? I, I don't know if I want to deal him for a first, though. I kind of want to keep him and re-sign him. So a first-round pick, just one first? Probably not. But if you're going to give me two, then fuck it. I'm sorry, Rokon. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> See that door? <laughs> it was nice having you, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm surprised that you would say that. I, I find Roquan to be one of the better sideline to sideline. No, no, I like him. I'm saying, but the notoriety, he, he hasn't been selected for a Pro Bowl and things like that, which has been bullshit. But th- that's my point, though. But he doesn't have the hype trade behind him like Khalil did mm-hmm. to where people magnify his play or make excuses for him. Versus Roquan, if he does something great, he's kind of in the dark. They sort of don't, because the Bears haven't been that good, they don't really hype him up is what I'm saying. I feel like he's better than what his reputation is. Like, I could see you telling me, not that neither neither one of us play Madden anymore, but I could see you telling me, like, damn, on Madden, Roquan's rating's only an 80, you know, or something like that. I could see people, like, not giving him the proper respect. 
Not to say that he hasn't earned that respect, but it seems like on a national level, he hasn't received it. Right. Uh, Michael Henneman, uh, a few minutes ago, wrote $20 million per year for an inside linebacker is dumb. There's a cap. You pay your pass rushers, says Michael. Uh, Solid philosophy. Uh, The question, though, for me is there's two positions that this defensive scheme really needs top players at, and that's the three-tech defensive lineman, and that is the will linebacker. And if Roquan Smith, who has the capabilities of playing – He's at Lance Briggs now. Exactly. So uh, that might not be easy to find somebody like that. Come here, boy. My dog is is crying. Um, So I I just – it's hard. Yeah, it is hard to to invest $20 million a year into Roquan Smith into that linebacker position. But somebody like Jordan perhaps could talk a little bit more uh, eloquently or intelligently about the importance of that will linebacker. And if a guy like uh, Roquan Smith could fit into it, I believe. Well, look how much money Lance got. You know, I mean, again, he was supposed to walk and then got a six-year deal after uh, – 2006. So, I mean, he's our guy. You drafted number one overall, what, like eighth in 2018? Something like that. Seventh, eighth. I think it was eighth. Mm -hmm. I mean, we always talk about building through the draft and we have part of that is to keep keeping your guys. Mm -hmm. And you want a guy that's going to be the quote unquote leader of the defense and a guy that's been here when times have been bad. Mm -hmm. You need that, like a Gary Fensick kind of guy on the 85 bears that went through the fucking, you know, four and 12 seasons and shit, you know, some, you need someone that's hungry to win and can provide leadership. I know that that's an expensive price, but he's your draft pick, man. Let's get it done. Yeah. I'm with if, he, you. if he falls off, you can always release him. I mean, it's not like teams don't cut people every week, every season. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Roquan is going to get signed. Uh, he may not, participate in any of the practices. Greg Gabriel tweeted this out, so I'm sort of stealing this from him. Greg has a lot of confidence that the Bears are going to close a deal with Roquan and and Roquan's agent, which is himself, I guess. Uh, and, I, and I have to believe that's going to happen, too. You just can't let a guy like that walk away. Unless you, unless you want a five-year rebuild as opposed to a three-year re- rebuild. You know, Fuck the rebuild. We want to win now. And I think the fact that he's there now shows he wants to be here and wants to win too. Mm-hmm. All right. So we go back uh, to <laughs> Ryan Poles and, and, and crash on him a little more. <laughs> this, this is, this is Mark Potash asking Ryan Poles about the issues that he's had with players. He acquired. Did you take that personally? How did, how did that reflect? Do you feel that reflected on you? <clears throat> and as a manager of people, how did you discipline or handle a situation, not only individually, but collectively when you're trying to establish a certain culture? Yeah. As a manager, it bothered me a lot. Um, anytime your phone goes off and there's an issue, um, you got to take responsibility. It's on my watch. Um, so it absolutely bothered me. Um, I had conversations with everyone. I've already addressed the Pringle one. Um, but I had conversations uh, about how I felt about it. We gathered information, and we're taking that through the process and, and handling it what I think is the right way. Do you still feel like you've got the right guys? You know. I'm, yes. Did, did those incidents change your, your opinion on that? No, I think we have the right guys. I think 
there was mistakes made for sure. Um, we had those conversations and there's a process when that happens through the league, through our team, security, all that stuff. Um, and we'll, we'll go through those, that process and go from there. But yes, it does, as a leader of an organization, when the phone goes off and there's an incident and we're not doing what we're supposed to do and we know what the standards are of being a Chicago Bear, absolutely it bothers me. I do like that response, Dan. I think, you know, he's, you know, he's, he feels a certain amount of guilt, but at the same time, you know, it is the player's responsibility to do what they have to do. Um, they can't be held unaccountable. Right. And I, I like the fact that, you know, he's saying you're, you're a Chicago bear and, you know, that is uh, a privilege because mm-hmm. you could be cut tomorrow. I mean, that you, you have to earn your keep. So, I think behind the scenes, he probably like drilled these dudes. Like, you fuck up again. You are gone. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. I'm giving you a second chance. Don't make me look bad, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, do you think that um, – well, I was going to ask, do you think he, he regrets signing any of these guys? But who the fuck knows, right? It sounds I mean, like he doesn't, though, if you listen to the presser there, the sound yeah. drop. I mean, it sounds like he was saying – we have the right guys. They just have made mistakes. So I guess he had to weigh, like, do we cut them or, or are we better on the field with them versus releasing them? And I guess he's chosen that, hey, maybe they're going to help us win some games this year. And at the end of the day, maybe we won't even recall the video of uh, Pringle talking about how hot it was in the cop car and shit like that, you know? <laughs> Dandy, so your level of expectation for this season is still at that hopeful stage where you think this team can make a run for a playoff spot. Yeah, because players have to play, and I'm not trying to use cliches or just double talk. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's Justin Fields that's on the field. Um, it's not, you know, a bad general. It's not Ryan Pace or, or in this case, Ryan Poles or whatever. It's up to the players, and I think that we've got a, a good quarterback uh, shout out to my man, Sonny, who put over Justin so eloquently last week over and over and over. And I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got a better coach. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that this guy's better than Matt Nagy. I'm sorry. If people disagree with me, that's fine. It's just my opinion. It's not a fact. But I feel like Eberflus just scratching his arm in the press conference looking at papers is more uh, qualified for this job than Matt Nagy. Even when he's not paying attention during the press conference, <laughs> we uh, we'll be bringing Chris uh, Watts from the Barfly Tailgate Show with us in about twenty minutes or so, uh, and of course the Tooch will be uh, on board as well. So I want to. You brought up Justin Fields. This is Justin. This is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this season. Because while Ryan Poles may have had a poor press conference today, Justin Fields hit it out of the fucking park. This is him talking about how he dealt with his poor rookie year. Not that it was poor overall, but he didn't have the level of success he had at Ohio State, that he had at high school, that he's had throughout his playing career. He was asked how he dealt with that. I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. So, um, you know, who knows how I would have taken it if, you know, I would have had a great game every game. You know, maybe I wouldn't have that hunger still, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to work until, you know, like Lucas said, and, until we get that Super Bowl trophy. So 
Um, as long as I'm here, you know, I think everybody in the building knows, you know, I'm going to work. I'm going to do whatever I can to help us win games, to help us, you know, be better each and every day. So, um, you know, uh, I think just, just failure pushes me to, to, to even go harder. So, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, that's really all I got to say and, and, and until we finally, you know, win that trophy and uh, get that ring. And this is him talking about uh, he was asked, does he need to prove himself to the NFL? And I think the motivation behind this question was, you know, Justin Fields is going to lead the league in interceptions, throwing all this negative talk from the national media. This was Justin Fields right after he was asked, does he need to prove himself to the NFL? And people in the league don't quite know what to expect from you this year because the way last year rolled out. Does that filter into you, like what people's opinions are, where people rank quarterbacks? And, and even if not, like what do you think you can show the league this year? Uh, no, that doesn't filter into me at all. And um, I'm not really worried about showing the league anything. I'm just worried about winning games. So I'm not, you know, trying to prove myself to anybody. I'm not trying to do this and that, you know, take opinions into account. I mean, my job is to, you know, win games and, of course, uh, make the playoffs. So I'm not worried about anything. Dan, where's your love affair at with uh, Justin Fields right now? No, I, I like him a lot. As I've said, I still think what he's saying there is probably not true. I, there's no way that he sees that. Oh, he's going to lead the league and he is going to lead the NFL in interceptions in 2022 and doesn't take that as a, a fucking, just a gesture of disrespect. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's saying the right thing. I don't know how he couldn't be appalled by that, though. Looks like I'm all those guys. But I, I think Justin is is going to play well. Uh, that's my expectation. I think he'll play so much better just because he's in a real offense with a real coaching staff. Again, it's like the adults are in the room now, not this guy just like, oh, I was great on Madden. I was so fucking great. Let me just try to coach now because I can whip your ass on fucking uh, Xbox Live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It would be like, a club fighter that you know that beats up a bunch of scrubs, and then suddenly he's got to fight. Well, uh, they did make a movie about that, didn't they? It was called Rocky, but he he actually did beat Apollo. But you know what I'm saying? That's the outlier. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How many times have you watched that movie, and have you like done slow motion on that Rocky Apollo fight? <laughs> no, no, I do. I really do like one and two, though. I mean, I guess I enjoy elements of all of them, but the first two are really solid it's almost like one film to me mm -hmm. uh because you know i i guess they wanted to make it realistic so he couldn't win uh, and i appreciate that in the first one but it was a split decision and then in the second one they made apollo look good too because he's up on points like so up but his kids were taunted and all this shit so he has all this added backstory to explain why he's going for the knockout yet being up so much on the score, the scoring cards and tired because he's punched his ass out all night long. So again, the first two were really well done. I thought. Yeah. Well, and, and Dan, you're sort of wrong about the first one. He did win. The whole thing about the movie is, is that he survived those 15 rounds with the heavyweight champion of the world, right, which is what he said his goal was when he talked to Adrian. Exactly. So he, he didn't win the title is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I believe a lot of people watching it at the theater. Of course, I wasn't even alive yet. I, like the first movie for me in my lifetime would have been the third one. So I, I bet you if you really sucked into the movie, you kind of wanted him to win. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you didn't know, uh, what do you think? The, the first time you saw Rocky, did you already know if he was going to draw or if it was? No, I, I had no idea what the ending uh, was going to reveal. I and I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was slow in a couple parts. Um, my favorite is Rocky Three. That's the one with Mr. T, right? Yeah. The only thing I like about that is, as I've brought up on air so many times, is the complacency factor, which we can equate to football. Like Rocky, Rocky's signing shit and taking photos and endorsements and things like Apollo was doing. So you have that sense of irony where you kind of take your eye off the overall game because you have all this money and shit now. And then you got Clubber running in fucking rugged ass alleys in Chicago where he would get shot if it were 2022 and just, <laughs> you know, uh, doing like the this inc- these incredible sit-ups and just, you know, he's working his ass off because he doesn't have any money. He doesn't have anything. And again, it's just that eye of the tiger thing. That was cool about three, but like the Hulk Hogan and all that shit, I could have done without. Which again was a, a, a ripped off of uh, something that really happened, though. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who was it? It was that was an element of something that happened in the late seventies too, where a boxer fought the a wrestler. I forget well, who that was. I saw that that was taken. Uh, from- it was um, oh gosh, it, it was uh, George Foreman. Oh, George wow. Foreman started doing like circus tricks. After he lost to Ali, I think he had another pro another pro fight or two. But then all of a sudden, he kind of started acting weird. There was one bout where he fought three di- or five different guys, three rounds each in one match. And I think one of those was, was the wrestler, if I remember correctly. He, he went through a really bizarre stage. Then he went away, found God, and he came back to be one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And knocked out Michael Moore. Yeah, that was a great, great fight. Um I'm sure Retro is getting a, a hard on right now because this is the kind of stuff he likes to talk about, old movies and old sports events. Um, all right. So uh, we're in agreement about Justin Fields. We're in love with him. We want to French kiss him. Uh, I don't know about all that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is to me, what the season is about. I don't care, really. You know, yeah, I care. I want them to win every fucking game uh, to the day I die. But if Justin Fields makes that promise this year like holy shit we fucking got a quarterback then then we fucking got a quarterback if we get to feel that vibe because of the way he plays this year i'm going to be happy whatever the one loss record is it's going to be uh, see i i i guess I said last week i am just not willing to to say that this season doesn't matter or this season like there's no chance of winning like man if 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 we believe that, then why are we here? Mm-hmm. Like I said last, well, I know you weren't here last week, but I think not trying to repeat my own shit, but think about this. If this were 2021, July 26th of, uh, of 21, I said, Aldo, Cincinnati is going to beat the Kansas city chiefs at Arrowhead stadium to advance to the super bowl. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be within, I don't know, two minutes of winning a championship. You'd be like the Bengals. I don't know about that, Dan. And like I said before, the Rams, Four and twelve and ninety-eight Super Bowl champions in ninety-nine. This shit happens. Or a team comes out. Who would have expected the Bengals to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this time last year? Honestly, the thing the thing is, Dan, and I get you. I totally get you. Uh, but for me, living in Chicago uh, and following Chicago sports since the late nineteen sixties, the only way we win championships is through 
trudging along and building a team and all of a sudden the season before you get start to get a taste of it like when the bulls lost in game seven to the detroit pistons you still got a taste that next year they're gonna fucking uh kicked the Pistons' ass, and they did. They won four straight, went and beat the Lakers in, uh, in the best of seven in, in game five. Right. Uh, and the same thing with the Bears. In 1984, the Bears lose that game. Uh, that that uh, It was a semi, a second round. It was the NFC Championship game at San Francisco. That's right. That's right. And so you, you heard Mike Ditka immediately after that game, and he sounded so fucking confident. He didn't sound like a head coach that just lost a championship game. He sounded like a guy who was saying, watch out for next season. Watch out for next season. And that's been the history of Chicago sports. Any team that's won a title, it's been a long trudge. It took the Cubs 101 years to win a, win a championship since their last. Well, maybe watch out for this season. That's what I'm telling you. Look, all the losing we've gone through, why not us? If you really believe that there's no shot, then why are we fans? Mm -hmm. We have to believe in, I mean, why does Detroit still have fans? Why is Don Burr a Lions fan? He has to think at some point it's his turn. And that's, if you're a real fan, you have to think that this is our year. You just, to me, you have to. You have to feel like there's a chance you're going to, even if you don't want to admit it, there's a chance you're going to come out of nowhere. and, And even if it's just a wild card win, but something that there's going to be more than the expectation of uh, oh six and eleven or seven and ten, like why why are you a fan if there's no chance to win? I'm just never going to admit or be every season I would be saying the same thing. I admit it, but in particular for the fact we have better coaches and we do have a guy that should be able to play well at at the quarterback position. I feel like I don't know why we can't win. Maybe the defense will be so awful. I, I I don't think that that's necessarily going to be true either, but I'm just trying to write a script. Why can't we win? Maybe Fields gets hurt. Maybe the line really sucks. I feel like we have a shot, and no one's going to tell me differently because I'm a fucking meathead fan, and I'm here, and I fucking care about the team, and, and I'm going to hope, and, and I'm rambling now, but I just I can't <laughs> accept that we can't win. I just can't accept it. I tell you what, man, you should be like a motivational speaker. I don't know if it's motivation. It's just the way I look at it. Like, why yeah, would you? You're giving me motivation. I'm starting to feel like maybe we can. We have to have a shot. Like, that's why, that's, that's why we talk about this fucking team. It's July 26th. But there is no off days other than, you know, you were gone for two weeks. I get that. But we've been doing a show every week this entire offseason. Mm-hmm. And you've done other shows throughout the entire offseason. Why? Because everyone's passion for the team. Everyone's that passionate because we believe in the team. We believe in the logo. We believe in everything that this team encompasses. So why not that passion for us to win? You're not, I just, I can't, I, I don't understand the, the, the thought that goes into a person saying, I love the bears, but fuck it. We're going to be three and 14. What? I, I don't, maybe that means they're optimistic or they're more realistic. I just don't get it. I can't subscribe to that theory. Well, you almost, you almost have me there thinking, I'm just trying to be realistic. There's just so many things with this team that are wrong, you know, an offensive line that has to find cohesion and just uh, one uh, mini camp or one training camp, uh, a wide receiver core that has never worked together. 
um, a tight end that we're still wondering, you know, can we, does this team have a tight end that can catch 80 passes, which this offense really needs, uh, particularly given the quality at wide receiver that we have. Uh, so just th those questions on the offensive part, part make me as a realist think, yeah, I don't, I don't see, you know, I don't see seven wins. I see six wins or if that, but we will, we will see. I, You're saying that now, though. Wait till the season kicks off and you get even more emotionally invested and there's players running and there's players catching and there's, there's tackles and there's announcing that pisses us off. You know, when Chris Collinsworth is talking about how sexy Aaron Rodgers' hair looks today when he re reports to camp with his long hair mm -hmm. and, and how we're on week two on Sunday night in Green Bay. Like every year we're on primetime up there and everyone's going to be biased toward them and everybody in the pre the pregame is going to pick Green Bay. And then the announcing is going to be like listening to Packers radio in Wisconsin with our former fucking announcer, no less, and Wayne uh, Larravee. And then you're gonna you're gonna get invested. You're gonna be like, no, we're gonna we can win this. Fuck all these people. You watch. You're gonna you're gonna when it gets here, you're gonna care. You're gonna think we can win. Well, we got a great opportunity to win Week One because Trey Lance of the 49ers was announced as the Week One starter. Now, see, that makes me nervous. Don't don't tell me that. See, every time we play a quarterback that's never played, they like Colin Kaepernick. Brock Osweiler, <laughs> like they're like, oh, this man has never played a snap in his life. He throws for two ninety and three touchdowns. It's like they could be the eighty five Bears if you put like the, the greatest defensive season ever, right? But if they, if you know, let me try to think if so, if, if Minnesota, if Tommy Kramer had been hurt and some fucking third stringer just started that night, Minnesota probably upsets us. We can't beat uh, quarterbacks and when they're like starting their first game, it's. Over and over and over. That makes me nervous. I almost want to play Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, especially because we don't know what to expect with Trey Lance. But then again, that's the same argument. I'm not trying to bounce around, but that's the same reason I think we have a, a shot at Green Bay in week two because they don't know what we're doing. They're going to have one week of tape and some vanilla preseason. I agree. I agree. I think the, the Bears might have the upper hand there in, in many aspects of that matchup. Uh, the worst one, though, against the Bears, I think, is the fact that the game uh, is uh, nationally televised in Green Bay. It seems like the Bears have not done well there since that uh, John Fox win. With Jay Cutler. Yeah, 2015, Thanksgiving night. I mean, jeez. It's been a long time, man. Oh, my God. That is awful. All right, uh, I want to let Chris Watts know. I sent them a private chat message. I didn't respond, but uh, stand by, uh, buddy. I'm going to bring you in in a couple of minutes, uh, Tooch, and when you're ready to jump in, uh, just do so. Uh, Dan, I, I got a question for you. How are you at um, understanding guys with thick Irish rogue <laughs> – not Irish, but uh, – uh, Thick accents, because Chris has a thick accent. I don't want to disparage his accent, but if it's Irish on uh, movies like that one Brad Pitt was in, I couldn't understand a fucking thing they were saying. What was that called? <laughs> it's a Yorkshire accent. Yes, uh, you're, you're talking about... Uh, that was from 99. I love that movie. I, I couldn't understand anything that was being said. I just... That was, I. Uh, that was sort of the joke with the Brad Pitt character. 
you know, I literally couldn't understand anything. I saw that at the theater, and like, if I had to saw it at home with subtitles, maybe. But I hated it. Like, I I felt like I was in a foreign film. Snatch, I think it's called Snatch without subtitles. I felt like I was in a foreign film without any subtitles. It is a foreign film. It's from India. I I couldn't dig it at all. I couldn't understand anything was being said. I don't like that criminal one neither. Like the the mafia one that uh, everybody else likes. Oh God, the Irish gangsters or whatever the fuck. Uh, what is it called? There's two of them from the same direct. Oh, uh, three, three, three barrels and. Uh, no, I can never think of the name of it. It's everybody seems to like it, but me. But there's two of them, and like I said, there's they're like Irish gangsters. There's two. There's a sequel. Anyway, what I'll look it up. Uh by the way, it Isaiah Robles says I like Snatch. No, I love Snatch, Isaiah. Uh, so uh, reevaluate <laughs> that opinion. Right, I, if you watch it with subtitles, perhaps. <laughs> well, do you ever do that? Do you ever put on the closed caption on your TV? Uh, I do. I do. Uh, not when I'm necessarily recording something, but like if I'm just watching it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's not going to permanently be on the recording, then yeah, I'll do. Especially if there's a character that's speaking some shit that I can't understand. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I there's doing, a lot of stuff you'll get too, even if it's a movie you like. Yes, exactly. You know, a, a lot of like the card counter movie that Tooch recommended we see uh, with uh, what's the name of the actor uh, again? He's he's sensational. He's, he's in the people. The one from Saints just popped I, in my head. Which one? The one I was trying to think of. I'm sorry for bouncing around. What? The Boondock Saints. There's two of them. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't get into those at all. Yeah, I have not seen those. Um, okay, go ahead, though. I didn't mean to step on you. Oscar Isaac is the a card counter. Yeah, 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 I haven't seen that. Tooch did want us to watch it. It sounded good, though. Uh, it is it is very good, uh, but I had to turn on the captions because there's a lot of that method acting. You know, if you want to, if you want to go in the back and play a game of cards and so forth. You know, it's like, what the fuck did he just say? I, I can't make it out. <laughs> so I put the closed caption in, and I, I capture every valuable line of that perfect movie. All right, so without further ado, let's bring uh, in Mr. Chris Watts. How are you, Chris? Hi, guys. Up. Yeah, I'm very well. You, you, you make uh, I, I don't know really about my accent now. You got me right, really paranoid about will anybody <laughs> actually will actually will anybody actually fucking understand me for next how long? So uh, no, it's been I'm I'm good, man. It's uh, a bit of an honor coming onto the show. So uh, yeah. Look at that shirt he's got on there, Dan. I got this especially for Dan. Oh, I love uh, Jim McMahon. And he's got Jim Morrison in the background. Too right, mate. Too right. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, sports illustration from 1986. It's got Jim McMahon stand, sitting on the shoulders of Brian Bosworth. Outstanding. I love it. And that, that, that's uh, all honor for you, Dan, because I like you, mate. Uh, Jim McMahon was one of the reasons why I became a Bears fan. So uh, How about uh, that? I, I had to pull that on just for you, brother. Thank you. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. It's good to talk with you. So Chris, it's really nice to talk to you, mate. Yeah. And Chris has been asking, hey, when can I get on? When can I get on? And I've been putting them off, putting it off. And I said, fuck, we got to do this, man. My man, Chris. You're gonna get pissed off at me. So. No, 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 not at all. Because I just, because you know, because this show is you and Dan and Tooch. You know what I mean. So I, I sort of asked you a few times, and then I thought, 
oh, I don't want to come over like a nagging old woman just constantly going, I'm gonna, can you let me come on? Can you let me come on? But, uh, yeah, so but I mean, the Dan and Aldo show was the first show I actually saw on the network. Oh. So it was, it was down to you guys that, com that completely sold me on the network after uh, watching you oh, guys. Man. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's just completely quite weird being in this situation with me. You know, when you've watched somebody for so long, yeah. Uh, and then actually I'm speaking to you guys. It's sort of very surreal. Well, I got to, uh, first you. of all, I got to tell you, I, I understood every single word that you said. Perhaps yes. it's saying all those nice things about me. <laughs> but secondly, I wanted to ask you about your accent. Is that a, as Tooch put up, uh, a Yorkshire accent? or It is. is. Okay. It's, it is. I mean, I, I'm from... I'm from West Yorkshire, so in, in, in our country, it's really weird. You can literally live 10 miles away from somebody, and you can have a completely different accent. Wow. So I've got, like, a West Yorkshire accent, and if you went south by 30, 40 miles out of Sheffield, they've got a lot, a lot more broader accent than I've got. So you think it's hard to understand me. If you listen to somebody from Barnsley, like what's like an old mining pit village, you'd have no chance. So is one of those neighborhoods like a really bad neighborhood? Because I've read, you know, magazine articles or old movies that there's a part right. of Yorkshire that was that the gangsters hung out and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Le Leeds is quite probably to me. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Leeds like that about 150 years ago. There were like brothels in the city center and loads of sort of like, a bit like um, Oliver Twist. But, like, uh, Leeds isn't too bad, really. Um, I mean, where the lad is sitting in the county, but wait, you, you only have to go, like, a couple of miles out of the city centre and you're in, you know, the Yorkshire countryside. So uh, it's not continuous urban stretch, really. We do have um, quite quite a lot of species, uh, spaces, sorry. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you do, you, we do get the violence, but, um, you know, look, look, luckily it's... Um, it's manageable. Let's just say that. Chicago, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I want you know when you had the shooting the other week, which was just absolutely terrible. I think I watched something on YouTube. It must have been one of the local Chicago news channels, and it showed you all the the gun violence actually in the you know, the city of Chicago. And it was just crazy the amount. It came up as like little red dots where they'd had like an incident, and it was just. Crazy. I mean, I remember watching a documentary about Chicago. About it's like a main highway in what's quite a dangerous place, and there's quite a lot of crackheads and sort of addicts there and and stuff like. That. I remember watching a program about that, but it wouldn't stop me coming to Chicago anyway. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'd love it if you if you do come to Chicago, you got a place to stay. We got a room upstairs for you. So um, yeah, you don't hey. you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to say things like that. I ended up staying in somebody's couch for about two years. <laughs> well, we get you deported well before that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say, get me kicked out of the country. <laughs> and now, Jordan asked a, a minute ago in the chat, uh, "Are you far away from Leeds?" But isn't Yorkshire in Leeds? No, no, Leeds is a city, and then Yorkshire's okay. the county. What what Leeds is in, so it's like a state, I suppose, in America. Okay. I live right in the city centre, but Tooch has actually been to the city uh, with his wife. So Tooch has actually been literally about less than a quarter of a mile away from where I live. That's right. Uh, Tooch has been there. I hung out with Berlissimo. Uh, 
former barroom guy now over at the Tape Never Lie. <laughs> Absolutely. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah, I uh, went to Leeds. Great. I love Yorkshire. Uh, the accent, I, I think the accent's one of the easier accents to yeah. understand the Yorkshire uh, accent. Uh, also went to Scarborough and Whitby, which is the, the home of Bram Stoker. The uh, author of uh, Dracula, the Whitby Abbey, the ruins of Whitby Abbey. But uh, yeah, uh, Yorkshire is a beautiful country up there. Leeds has one of the best museums I've ever been to in my life. That's mm. the Imperial War Museum, which has like weapons from throughout history, like suits of Japanese armor and swords and all sorts of cool, you know, uh, British uh, knights armor and weaponry halberds and pole axes. Great museum, the Royal Armories, I think it's called, right? Uh, that's Chris. right, yes. Hey, uh, Mr. Shorty. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris, Mr. Shorty asked if you do yeah. other accents. <laughs> and so I was wondering, can you do an American accent? Because I always think it's weird when, you know, uh, Australians, uh, people from England and, and <laughs> Ireland and so forth, when they yeah. do american accent because of course we're we're so accustomed to hearing ourselves talk uh uh -huh. can you is it easy for can, you to do, I, you can do an accent I like I, that? I, I haven't really done an american accent for a long time uh, i don't know i'm trying to think like which region might pop out my mind uh, i mean I, I, I can't do it man this is so funny uh, uh yeah uh, well yeah we're going to talk a little bit like that and uh you know, talk about the Chicago Bears and, and, and we talk about the quarterback. And I think I'll get a bit more Brooklyn or a bit more New Jersey, but that was terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought it was pretty I good. Apo right? I, apo I apologize to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, no apologies necessary. I thought it was pretty good, Dan. What'd you think? I, I'm understanding him, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. You see, the thing is, Dan's got like the most golden voice I've ever heard in my life, and I'm oh, English, yeah. and he makes me sound like a complete idiot. Yeah, I, you know, we got to do something with Dan's voice, you know, and and like make uh, sex audio. Uh, oh God! <laughs> audio, you know, and Dan narrates it, you know, because a lot of women are turned on by Dan's. Yeah. You get that a lot, Dan? Uh, yeah, you know, that's you... sort of served me well, you know, being able to talk. I can talk their panties off, you know. <laughs> I love it. I don't look like Zach Efron here, you know. I'm... <laughs> I look like I'd be at the, the McDonald's with, uh, what's the fucking left tackle uh, that we had that Cutler pushed? What was his name again? Oh, uh, um, I should never forget his name. Yeah, uh, from 2012. Yes. Uh, Jamarcus Webb. Jamarcus Webb. I, I'm hanging out with Jamarcus today, and uh, we had Big Macs. So, yeah. I, but, yeah, it's, it's just my voice and my – I'd like to think my intellect that, that helps me get laid. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you, you know, do you share Dan's uh, positivity about this upcoming season, hopes about this upcoming season? I, I, I'm absolutely with Dan. I, what Dan said about being a fan is is completely right. If I couldn't go into a season thinking, oh, we're going to be, you know, five and twelve or whatever it could be, I've, you got you got to look at it in a, a positive way, really. And uh, I think how some of the media has been talking about the Bears. I think they're underestimating what we can do. But 
it's sort of so hard, even though we're going into the training camp period, it's still so hard to sort of say, well, this is, this could happen with this player and he could be really good. A lot like, like Greg Gabriel says, you, know, you just don't know until it happens sometimes. But I'm very much the same way as Dan, really. I've got to believe that. I, I think when we did our sort of review of the season, or preview of the season, so I think I gave the Bears nine wins. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking anything over 500, I'd be really happy with. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Vegas, which, you know, they're usually far more right than not. They've set the Bears' one loss total at 4.5. Right. So uh, we should maybe gather our money together and, and, and put a bet on the Bears to at least win five games this season. I, I got oh, definitely. That. Yeah. I can't, I can't see them not winning five games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially um, with the schedule as well. Yeah, Mr. Shorty is asking what time it is over there in uh, in your <laughs> It is. It's five. It is five past three a.m. Five past three a.m. Holy shit! You, do you usually keep this kind of schedule, Chris? I, I, I can I can do any schedule I want, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I mean I just only oh, do just get a few hours, few hours early in the evening, but. Um, you know, I, 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 the adrenaline and I've been sort of excited to go on to the show. And, and also the nerds are kicked in a bit as well. But um, no, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What about uh, your expectations for uh, Justin Fields, Chris? What, do you, what are you thinking about what would be I, uh, uh, acceptable for you in terms of growth? I think um, – He's, well, I just think his ball handling when he's when he starts to announce has got it's got to improve dramatically. I mean, the amount of fumbles he gave away last year were just ridiculous. I thought, but I just think with with a new offense, and he hasn't got the ball fuckers Dan likes to say coaching him. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think he's going to improve, but I don't think he's going to sort of you know be like out like a pro bowler within this year. But all I want to see really is just from the whole team and the coaching, it's just a steady improvement from what we had over last year and the previous year. But, yeah, I think if it, without the ball fuck about, that's got to be a plus straight away. Mm. Hey, uh, Dan, you know, the other team that is, is Vegas has at 4.5 wins, it's uh, the team that is being coached by this guy, Lovey Smith. What do you think about that, Mr. Dan Aguirre? Yeah, well, I think the Bears. Maybe I'm just blinded by my own fandom, but I, I God, I think the Bears are in better shape than the Texans. But maybe not. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe everybody's right, and I'm just a fool. But I like to think that. And to comment on, off what Chris said, I think if your expectation is well, your hope or your desire is just for the Bears to be better than what they have been the last couple of years. To me, that's a, that's a low bar because Nagy was legitimately that bad. Yeah. I, I, I again the the coach and and Fields playing without Andy Dalton there alone means three more wins to me, at least. I just again I just go back to there's so many new moving parts here. You know. Um, it's just hard to assemble a competitive football team with so many new faces that quickly, and particularly when a lot of those new faces are guys who have not had a lot of success in the NFL. And you look at the wide receiver room, it's it's our, our guy Mooney, and then after that, who else has had sustained? What did we have last season? 
Well, you had a Rob who, at the very least, gathered the tension. You know, uh, a Rob mm-hmm. was ruined by Matt Nagy. I truly, truly believe he had a really shitty season, and the other guys had a couple of, uh, you know, moments fleeting. Like uh, Bird caught the game-winning pass against Seattle, and you know we traded for the kick returner from the Dolphins, and he had some moments against uh, the the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and then uh, he's gone now. And and who else did we have? Uh, the guy from San Francisco. I can never think of names that I'm on here live. It was number eighty-four. He had the catch against uh, the Ravens. Um, but I mean, on paper, the, this wide receiver group is no less than they were right and look marquis goodwin uh marquis goodwin there you go the former 49er had the game that should have been a game-winning reception against baltimore yeah but see dan i think you're you're making my argument there so you had a bad wide receiver core this year you've got similar type players this year than you had last year so what kind well, of we got we got a, a third round draft pick that we're looking at as being, you know, a guy that's going to contribute. Yes, I still think we got the hungry St. Brown, who I keep saying, you know, Green Bay, you're, you're, the great Luke Getze, <laughs> playing off the great Gatsby, would not have recommended this guy if he didn't think he had something, some whether talent or heart or something. I, I, agree. I agree. And then we got the guy from New England now. I mean, who's to say what he's going to produce? We've got the guy that was arrested, <laughs> Pringle. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of guys. I mean, it just looks like it could be good. But I don't I, know. It, sorry, sorry, Dan. Sorry, boy. No, go ahead, please. I was just, I was just going to say one of the things what what you said, Dan, which which I really like is that why not? Why do, Why could it not happen to the Bears? You know, like it happened to the, to the Cincinnati Bengals last year. And I, I I like I like to think that way as well. Why 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 I know the Bears history and 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 all the all the you know the years we've had without any sort of positive outcomes but i just like that fact that it could happen you know it could we could be the bengals of, of this season coming so yeah i always like i always like that idea and, and, and mindset dan what, what you bring with that one thank you i again we i we concur on that and we park our cars yeah. in the same driveway definitely <laughs> mate yeah Nikhil harry and by the way I, I wanted to show this earlier and i forgot to this is a Nikhil Harry epitomizes his season last year with the Patriots. He stretches out, almost has it, and then suffers a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> he, his hands are so inconsistent. It's sometimes it feels like he's afraid to go all out. Uh, I wonder if, well, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, but he just strikes me as one of these guys who has been intimidated by the speed of the NFL and how hard people hit. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. What, what did he go to? Do you guys know Arizona, Arizona State? Because that's he, he was highly regarded coming out of college. First right. round. Uh, Greg Gabriel uh, listed him as a first-round potential when he did his scouting evaluation back then for Pro Football Weekly. Arizona State, uh, thanks, Tooch. Tooch, why aren't you here? Uh, we miss you, man. Join the party. Oh, you muted. You Sorry, muted. letting Chris get in some time. Oh, you're <laughs> such a polite guy. You're such a gentleman, mate. You're such a gentleman. I <laughs> know. <laughs> and, and as well, to to am I right? Remembering this, that you had a you were you had a part in Natural Born Killers. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, is that something I'm remembering right? 
Yeah, I was an extra in the uh, uh, prison food fight scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard there was a lot of real <laughs> badass motherfuckers as part of the extras. And uh, wasn't the, the prison still open while they were shooting? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, really? Wow. Open. Yeah, they, they, they blocked off, you know, some quadrants for us uh to do the show and i got you know i got to stand around with you know oliver stone and tommy lee jones and woody i told my woody harrelson story juliette lewis and woody are they're short you know juliette lewis is probably four foot eleven she was like 19 when she filmed that too yeah really she's always she's always been a horny horny little thing for me man (laughs) not not, not my type but definitely attractive uh, from a physical standpoint she uh-huh. dates the drummer from Rage Against the Machine, whom I'm going to see live on Friday. Nice. Very oh, cool. Nice. Oh, cool, yeah. man. This will be how many concerts for you this year, uh, Dan? Shit. Uh, I don't know. Probably 10. Jeez. I don't know. Just off the top of my head. I got a few more. Got Nine Inch Nails coming up. I've got, don't forget, Jane's Addiction and the Smashing Pumpkins at the United Center in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We also, I've got Bush, an English band. I'm going to meet Gavin. I got VIP passes. I've already met him once. He he hugged me in Raleigh, but my date was on was on her phone and didn't fucking take a picture of it. Oh. oh. Is that why you left her? <laughs> that was just a date. I mean, you know. Is that why you never called her back? <laughs> no, she got into a serious relationship afterwards. I think she's still with the dude too, so. Oh, nice. Um, what did I just see? Somebody put up something funny in the in the chat, uh, missed it. Oh well, jeez. Cliff Victoria says, "Can I ask oh. a quick question? Okay. Dad, which sort of gigs, which sort of concerts do you uh, prefer? Do you like the big arena ones, or do you like the small little sweaty sort of club sort of gigs? I mean, I like the small little sweaty venues and all that sort of thing where you're up close to the artist. I'm just wondering, you know, which one do you prefer? That's a question no one's ever asked me. Um, I don't know if I have an answer one over the other. I guess right. I pr- I guess if I had to give you an answer, probably a venue where, you know, everyone's general mission, so you don't have to, you know, be relegated to your seat. Right. Uh, so I think that's my favorite. Just it doesn't necessarily have to be it could still be a big arena per se, but if everything's general admission, that would be my favorite. So you could be standing yeah. on the floor. Yeah, yeah. You're okay, you're about six foot five, so you're one of the guys that always I watch. I always get stuck behind in a concert because I'm yeah. only five foot nine. <laughs> and any if I'm in like Friday night is in the arena where the Pittsburgh Penguins play hockey, and right. oh, who's cool. going to be sitting behind me is going to be bitching that I'm too tall, guaranteed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it should be good though. Rage Against the Machine, I saw them at Red in '92, and they were really good. Uh, no, so yeah, it should it's be a, a bucket concert. list band for me. Oh, I say, oh, cool. But did the singer injure his leg? Yeah, his Zach's got a uh, cast on his foot right now, but he's sitting. Oh, all right. Yeah, but from the YouTube videos I've watched, it seems that he's still really firing up the crowd in spite of his lack oh, of cool. ability to really move. Yeah. Oh, that's really good, man. Sorry, man, I took us off on a bit of a tangent then. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it looks like Aldo's probably gone to piss or something anyway. Yeah. No, there yeah, is. Yeah, it was something, something I wanted to ask you. Go ahead. Why don't you go ahead, uh, Chris, and uh, interview Dan? 
sorry, man. Sorry. I just, if you just, uh, just like, no, I don't no, mean, I don't, I'm not kidding. I, I'm saying for real. Go ahead. Right. Give it. Yeah, it's just it's just um, we're both massive music lovers. I mean, we're both like quite different things, but you know, we're both like rock. We've both got crossover bands up. We're both like, and um, and also as well, Dan. Did I'm sure you said last week or pr the previous week that you went to a concert and somebody pulled a gun out on you? Is that true? Oh, again, yeah, that, that was in Winston Salem, North Carolina, in 2004. Oh. I was at the, the band was called Cradle of Filth, and they're English as well. Yeah, yeah, and, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it was after the show was over, and the and long story short, the date. Well, she wasn't really my date. She's just I rode with her. I gave her a ticket yeah. so she would drive, and I could just you know chill. I hate driving, but anyway, um, uh, she lost the key to the car, the ignition key to the car. Like she had, yeah. uh, you know, all the other keys, but the one we need to leave, she lost. So we go back into the venue after the show's over. It's dark and there's garbage everywhere. And like, fuck, we'll never find one key. And long story short, a kid comes running out of the bathroom and he says, he's got a fucking gun. And I remember oh. thinking, oh, I'm going to see some shit. And I turned my head and I was like, no, I'm in the shit. The guy had the gun like Tupac that turned sideways, pointed at me. And wow. of course I was a bitch. I put my hands up immediately. I wasn't fucking around with this guy. But he moved his head for a split second, and I took off running, and I was like, please don't shoot me in the back, and he didn't. And eventually, we got back into the club after they cleared yeah. it and got the key and went home. But that's a that's a Cliff Notes version. Holy shit, My God. That was My the same with the Titans in overtime with a safety in 2004. Same day. God. What My God. Fuck? With Craig Krenzel. Only in America, right, Chris? <laughs> well, unfortunately, it seems that way. I mean, we just—I know we've we've been on about it, you know, via Twitter. We, you know, we've obviously what's been happening in in the states recently with gun law, but we just don't have that gun culture over here. We just don't have that hunting culture. I mean, people hunt in this country, but it's for like grouse and pheasant. We don't have like bears and wolves and and big game like you have in America. So we don't really have that gun culture. But I wouldn't even know where to go to get a gun. I've never shot a, a real gun in my life um you know i've not even seen elite people legally having them that's how tight the gun laws are in this country um but it's just so sad it's just when it it's when you see when kids are getting killed and when it's in the um, in schools and you know it's happened it's happened over here a guy went into a school in the 90s in scotland and killed a load of little kids and that's when you just think you know i how how could why 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 are we all accepting this as a society in the world? You know what I mean? It's I mean I don't want to get political, but I always remember Barack Obama and he was talking after the mass shooting, and the guy started crying, and I thought that's that's a human being, Barack Obama, showing the frustration of what we all feel about gun violence, and it's it's just so tragic, especially what's happening, you know, in America at the moment. It's um, it's so scary. It really is. Well said, Chris. I, I appreciate your perspective um, uh, on that issue. Uh, all right, let's get back to the topic of football, guys, because I got a couple more sound bites here that we can react to. Um, this is uh, Justin Fields talking about one of the issues that I'm concerned about is developing a chemistry with this new wide receiver room. 
I think the coaches, you know, do a great job, uh, you know, rotating guys in. So I don't think it's going to be much of a challenge, you know, building relationships with those guys and, you know, getting the uh, timing down with them. So uh, the coaches do a great job of, you know, rotating those guys in and, um, you know, just just uh, kind of, you know, moving guys in different places, you know, around the field. So uh, I don't think that'll be a problem. Have you had a chance to connect with Nikhil Harry yet? Uh, yeah. So the day after he signed, I just sent him a text over and, um, you know, he was, of course, excited to be here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited of, you know, what he can do. Uh, we all saw what he did at uh, Arizona State in college and, you know, just his frame, you know, what uh, he can do as a playmaker. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, see, what, see what he can do on the field. Well, he seems to not have a care in the world regarding, you know, uh, establishing a rapport with uh, wide receivers. It's just, you know, I, I, you guys have to agree with me that this is going to be quite the challenge for the second-year quarterback finding a rapport with guys like St. Brown, um, all, all the uh, Pringle, all the new acquisitions at this wide receiver room that are being counted on for success. Valus Jones, I think, is going to have a big season because he's going to be catching a lot of wide receiver screen passes. So he, he's not going to be counted on to utilize the entire route tree. But these other veterans are, and yet – I still think it's going to be a, a challenge for uh, Justin to establish rapport with with these uh, veteran uh, wayward wide receivers. And um, Chris, what do you think? Do you are you do you have any concerns at all about this? Um, I have the same concerns what you just what you just said, Aldo. But I just think at least this time in training camp, he's got the whole training camp. Like I know last year, obviously, you know they didn't have him as the start. They had Andrew Dalton. So at least he's going to get the first team reps with the guys this time. But I, I, for me, it's all for me. This season coming is all about plugging the holes and then concentrating on the next season. When we get when we have space and we can really start spending on you know maybe you know a couple of big wide receiver free agents. But um, I, 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 I know he's done some work with some of the guys outside as well, outside of the training camp. So. I'm I'm optimistic, really. I just think him getting first reps is going to make a big difference. That is that is true, Dan. I mean, the fact that he's coming into camp this year. Hey, there's Bellissimo. I used to be on shows here, and I am allowed to comment in our chat, or is this a big cult too? <laughs> what's, that, what's that mean? I don't know. Where, where, was, is is that? that in contact with something else? No, I don't mean that sarcastically at all. I like George a lot. We had some good I conversations. I, I don't know what that means, though. Yeah, I'm not sure because he he didn't write anything prior to to give that any context. Uh, so, uh, Tuj, Aldo, Danimo, and you do who sounds dead Yorkshire. Do you know uh, George Bayless at all, Chris? Uh, he's barely. Uh, no, I don't know. I, 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 no, I don't know every Yorkshire in the world. Sorry, Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> He like, said, that's, like, that's, like, that's like asking a man of color, do you know every man of color in the world? <laughs> I only ask. I only ask because Berlissimo is a very prominent figure in Bear's Twitter. He has his own. Uh, All right. I think I have. And, yeah, I think I've sort of seen him on Twitter and, and, and his name does ring a bell, but uh, I'm not massively on Twitter all the time. I mean, the only reason I got Twitter is. You know, for the network, so we could all communicate. But uh, I'll keep an eye out for him. You never know; I might just see him out street tomorrow. Knowing my luck, there you know. <laughs> if you do, have a beer on me. <laughs> oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. 
Carlissimo goes on to say, don't lie. Us Brits all know each other and the Queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, we all, we all know the Queen, personally. You know, you know, I see her every year for a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, back to what? who were we talking about? Fields, right? We were talking about wide receiver yeah. chemistry. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? You, it's football, you... man. These guys play football their whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just – you don't want to be – like the uh, Anthony uh, Miller that we had that kept running his routes the wrong way, allegedly cutting them off and such when it's dictated on time and precision and being in the spot that you're supposed to be in. So those things matter to get into a rhythm with chemistry. But for the most part, every guy that we're talking about that's new to the team is playing football, something they've done their whole life. It's not like we're asking them to write with the other hand and they're not ambidextrous, or we need you to learn a foreign language before September. It's fucking football. I think they get in there, they play, they're going to be okay. Got to have The Christians always tell me, you got to have faith. George Michael told me, <laughs> you got to have faith. You got to have faith, Aldo. The Bears are going to be okay. We're going to win. All right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if, George, if George Michael says it, mate, it's got to happen. <laughs> Do you know George Michael, Chris? <laughs> I, I, I did, yeah, I know him, I know him, I know, I know all the stars, all the stars, and everybody in Britain, we, we, we uh, you know, we all, we all, uh, we all know each other. <laughs> We're a small sex- country. Yeah, who's, who's the sexiest female British actor that I should be uh, jerking uh, with? <laughs> you know, um, you know the show what was on Disney Plus, uh, Pam Anderson? And Tommy yes, Lee, the yes. actress who plays her, she's stunning. I can't remember yes. her name, but she's uh, absolutely yes. stunning. Yeah, she was in one of the episodes of uh, Tucci's Entertainment Weekly magazine. Uh, there was a whole feature story on her. She is gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I don't remember her name, but I remember her pictures really, really well. <laughs> yeah, it sort of stays in your mind, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we have to talk about Robert Quinn because he did miss uh, mandatory workouts a month ago at camp, and now he is at camp. He showed up today for the first day of training camp, and uh, Ryan Poles was asked, does Robert Quinn want out? Do you think uh, Robert Quinn wants to be here, or has he expressed a desire for a trade? Um, I haven't had that conversation with him. I would hope that he wants to be here. so that hasn't really nothing's changed on that front. How does he fit in? You've you've got a roster that's dramatically younger than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. A, a lot less experience. How does he fit where he's at in his career with where you guys are at, sort of constructing and putting this thing together? Yeah, I think it's important to have guys that are experienced that have had success in this league and know how to play and practice. So um, for me, that's what he brings. Well. Um... I, for one, hope that they don't trade Robert Quinn until the middle of the season. That's when I think his value could be at his highest, just like Von Miller last year was traded for a second-round pick and a third-round pick because the team that acquired him was in the hunt for the Super Bowl. They needed that pass rusher. That's the same thing with Robert Quinn. I hope that he gets out to a a tremendous start, and hopefully as – Dan wants and everybody here wants. Hopefully the Bears are in playoff contention and you don't even think about trading him. But if they're not, then, you know, maybe you pick up some draft capital uh, given that uh, he's not going to be in the long 
long-term plans for this team. Anyone disagree or want to add to that? Uh, well, I hope that Quinn is with the successful Bears team and doing well, and he says, fuck it, let's try to win it here. But in the event that everybody else is right and you know Bears fans are wrong and that we're underperforming or maybe it's just a lack of cohesiveness, as, as you were saying, uh, first year, new players, new coach, and their their record isn't good, then maybe you could pull off that trade. I just hope it doesn't come to that. I, and I don't think it will. But again, it's only July and I could be foolish. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I generally agree with what you said. I will do, really. I think um, if he starts off really quick and gets quite lax, then obviously that's going to ra- raise his status if you know if we, if we do manage to keep him to November. But I'm like Dan. I'm thinking, God, I hope we're like in a position where you know we're on like a you know a, a game behind Green Bay or hopefully a game above them, um, and I hope that we can keep him because I just think. His experience is just going to help because we've got quite a lot of young guys drafted in, you know, for the, for the defensive line. So I'd like to have a guy like him with the experience, um, you know, for the rookies. Tooch, what do you think? Well, man, I, I broke it down last week with uh, the one loss record on paper before the season starts and, I have around six or seven wins, which is what Vegas has them at six and a half. So if anything goes uh, uh, either side, you know, that's right around the number. Uh, But for as far as Robert Quinn, I mean, we're not going to get much for him if we do trade him. Uh, Unless, you know, some team with Super Bowl aspirations has a catastrophic injury, then I think, you know, you might be able to get a fourth or third even for him. But uh, I mean, look. The Bears are, are are building a young core, you know. And uh, would we would uh, Robert Quinn be an asset? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, like Barrelissimo said, this is kind of where I'm at. You know, is there in a position to keep Quinn? You know, unless it's a silly offer. You know, you take the silly offer. You know, you get that. You know, get uh, if it's a third round draft pick, I think you you pull the trigger. I mean, that's that's pretty generous for. A player of his age. I know uh, uh, we talked about it last week, Danny. I think uh, that would that was like the best we could hope for. But you know, what what guy coming off eighteen sacks who just set the team record for sacks? Would you like to get more? Yeah, but that's not that's not how the NFL uh, marketplace works. Well, like I said last week, though, even if he falls off like his predicted uh, trajectory throughout his career, says he has a really dynamite season, and then it's not as good the next season. If you go from 18 and a half to 10 or 11, that's still that's better than what Peppers and Mac did for us. I'm sorry, it was. Peppers and Mac were and Jared Allen too were all brought here to get 14, 15 sacks a season. It never happened. It happened with Robert Quinn, though. So even if he gets like 10 or 11, that's that's still awesome and can still help us significantly in 2022. And help the development of some of the other players on the line because Quinn will demand attention. And I agree with uh, Berlissimo that, that this scheme that the Bears are going to run under Eberflus and the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, I think it's really going to suit Quinn's, uh, uh, Quinn's style of play. And, and people who are saying, yeah, well, he's due for a down season because if you look at his sack total, one year it's up. One year it's down, one year it's up. Forget about all that stuff. You know, that's just more coincidence. It's not like he's given up every other year, taking a year off. 
doing the siesta, as Dan Aguirre likes to say. Oh, the, the defense love the siesta. <laughs> um, by the way, it, when you were talking about um, – uh, I think it was Tuch talking about the development of younger players. It brought to mind that today Lucas Patrick was asked, you know, what about these young offensive linemen on this team? Do you think that they're disappointed that two veteran offensive linemen were brought in? This was his response. Uh, I think it's a great message that in the NFL, nothing's guaranteed and competition is the, you know, the greatest barometer for a team. I mean, if, you, if we could have 100 guys in here who are all NFL veterans and, you know, make everyone better, then I think it makes the team better, which then, you know, helps us win games. Um, that's how I see it, and I've been on both sides of the coin, and um, it's it's definitely a benefit. You just have to approach it with the right mentality that uh, you have to bring your best every day. I mean, that's, that's why it's the National Football League, and that's why we're professionals. I'm here because I've benefited from a lot of guys who gave – uh, me all the advice that they you know they wanted to give or were willing to give and um, I'll, I'll give it to any guy who's willing to listen and um, I think it'll make our team better and that's that's the end goal is is to make this team better win games and make a run for the Lombardi I hate it when they call it the Lombardi <laughs> I really do <laughs> that trophy should be named after George Hallis what the hell anyway. <laughs> But, I, I, you know, one of the things that I like about this team is Lucas Patrick. I think he's going to be an outstanding center. I love his smarts. Every time he talks, he's got something interesting to say. I saw a lot of tape of him with Green Bay last year. I think he's going to be an outstanding center for Justin Fields. How he talks about Justin Fields, almost in reverence, it's it's uh, it's really inspiring. I think that just him, Lucas Patrick, being on the offensive line at that center position and his knowledge of the offense, him being the guy who's going to call out plays uh, for the offensive linemen and make them aware of stuff. I think that in itself is perhaps the biggest improvement of this offensive line this year. I mean, it's almost incalculable the things that he's going to help this team with that you won't necessarily see on the football field. I um, think he he could be the, only the second Packer that I can think of off the top of my head that's played successfully with the Bears. Like, Sitton was good when the Bears brought him over when he got cut at the end of training camp in 2016. Sitton was pretty good. But, like, over the years, man, we got, like, Edgar Bennett – it's like, man, he wasn't any good when he was here. But conversely, like when Peppers goes to Green Bay, he's great. Ron Cox goes to Green Bay, wins the Super Bowl. Anthony Morgan goes to Green Bay. Uh, Jim McMahon, Steve Mongo McMichael. You know, we lose our guys to Green Bay, but we never bring anybody from there over here that's ever worth a fuck. But I think that this guy, I, I like him. I like his potential. And for all the people that, you know, thought we you know, Sam Mustafer wasn't successful and it proved not to be. This seems to be a big upgrade. I like him. I think he's got the, the world of potential for us. Uh, Mr. Shorty just brought up the returner, Glenn Milburn. Oh, no, Glenn Milburn did have a, a successful – he was originally a Bronco, but still, that's still a good point. I'll give him Glenn Milburn. Yeah. Um, I, I would just – so, so I was just thinking, you know, what, what do you reckon this is going to mean to Trevor, uh, Trevor uh, Jenkins? these two guys coming in that's 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 a great question i mean a lot of people are speculating that 
Reef was brought in because Tevin Jenkins is probably not ready to be a starter. And right. maybe that's the case. May, or, or maybe it's a way of inspiring Jenkins. You know, I, I read out loud uh, Brad Biggs' tweet regarding uh, the compensation. Maybe they're hoping that Jenkins is going to be that starter at tackle and that Reef will never see more than 10% of the offensive snaps, which would mean that his contract will only be about the $3 million a year area. So, right. it, it, you know, just having the presence of a veteran there should be telling Jenkins, hey, you got to work harder. You got you to gotta really get this done. And, and maybe it's a brilliant move by Ryan Poles to bring in this this veteran that's going to scare the shit. It's going to scare Tevin Jenkins straight, you know, uh, make him a, the starter that he should be in this league. Mm. Matthew Focisi says that Jenkins looks broken. And he did in that last press conference. You know, we really haven't had a chance to see him. I do have uh, some news, by the way, that uh, I'm going to be a week from today. I am going to be at Bears training camp at Hallis Hall. Wow. And so I went first-hand information on the show, and thanks to someone very special in my life, a person who I just met, I've got three additional tickets to that game. And so if anyone is interested in joining me for that, uh, let me know. And then uh, if I get more than three uh, uh, requests for that ticket, I will do some kind of a lottery or something. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm please, so jealous. I'm so jealous that you just, you know, I'm so, that makes, just makes me realize how far away I am from you guys when, when you can go to, to, to the, uh, the, the uh, training camp, Sam. That'd be something because I used to coach, so I used to coach running backs uh, for a club around here. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see all that. So, I'm very jealous, Alder. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, uh, and it's Greg Elkin that uh, is providing the tickets. I actually reached out to Greg Braggs and said, hey, man, I was on, on a plane on the way to San Diego when the ticket thing opened for training camp. I, so I wasn't able to, to get any. Uh, can you help me? And he immediately called Greg up, and uh, Greg was so cool. This And, Greg, I would love to bring uh, Greg Elkin on our show. Dan, you'll get a kick out of this. His, everybody should get a kick out of this. It's a great story. And Greg will tell it better when he's on the show. But his mom got season tickets from George Hallis. She used to handle some part of the team's business. I think it was like setting up their meetings or I forgot exactly what, what she did. But he was so grateful to her that he, uh, 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 I'm, I'm going to say, sold her uh, season tickets and they've kept the season tickets in the family now for decades. And so, um, uh, so he's going to share that story when he, when he joins us soon, Greg Elkin, thank you very much for those training camp tickets. We've got training camp tickets for two or three other dates as well. So I'll, I'll let people know about those and I'd love to attend those with uh, anybody who is in town. And uh, let's hope that Brad Biggs doesn't think that you're Phil again and want oh. to fuck you up. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the, quickly, the story there is I'm at the Senior Bowl, and there's Brad Biggs, and he's staring at me, and I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, what, does he want to kick my ass? What's going on here? And then later that night at, at the bar where all the sports writers and scouts go to to, to drink, uh, Lauren Cox and his buddy, Owen Reese, I think is his name, 
they they go over to say hi to Brad Biggs, and Brad Biggs looks at Owen and says, I don't want us to talk to you. You're that guy Phil's always talking shit about me and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I start thinking, well, maybe he uh, Brad was looking at me thinking maybe I was Phil because he kept giving me mean looks. Two or three other times I would cross paths with him. Brad Biggs was looking at me like I had committed a crime against him. Or his, his, his. <laughs> and Mo Beerman is definitely right. I am a little bit taller than Phil Otoshin, about 14 inches taller. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, um, that is the Brad Biggs story. Um, but uh, yeah, Dan, are you coming into town to go to camp with me? <laughs> I can't, man. I'm completely uh, away from town until November. But I'll right. be there November and January. Well, Chris, uh, fly in. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, if I if I could, I'd I'd be there definitely, mate. I'd, uh, if that be, it'd be so cute. It's at Hallers Hall now, isn't it? Where they do the the training camp. They used to do it. Didn't they used to do it at a university or something beforehand. Um, so that would have been really cool. But you never know. Hold on, I might just show up at your door. My little uh, rucksack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my drive to Bourbonnais, where they used to practice, was 30 miles one way, 30 miles back. And now to Lake Forest, where Hallis Hall is, it's probably four or five miles. So that's going to be nice. Oh, that's uh, cool, yeah. Yeah, but I will uh, try to shoot some video on the sly, uh, stuff for us to react to next week. And who knows, maybe uh, grab some interviews. If I get a chance to interview Ryan Pulse, I'm going to I'm gonna tell him, listen, Ryan, before we – before we do this interview, you need to smile a little. <laughs> you need to be upbeat a little bit. We're trying to sell this product here at the bar room. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, uh, guys, back to the the football team itself. Chris, what are the what worries you the most about this team, and what outside of Justin Fields do you feel best about? Give me a negative and give me a positive. Uh, I think the negative. It will be the offensive line. I still think that's uh, a work in progress. But the positive is uh, David Montgomery. I mean, I played running backs. So I always, I always loved running backs. But uh, I just, I just, I just hope he can have a really good season. Uh, so that that's my negative, a positive for you. There you go. What about you, Tooch? Uh, boy, I, I'm still thinking linebackers. The, uh, you know the. Either wide receiver or linebacker are the thinnest. Uh, the offensive line just got uh, quite a bit better today and yesterday, right? With uh, Schofield and Reef, you know that, and, and those are good signings because you know de- that was a, an area that needed depth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and injury, you know, uh, uh, attrition can can really derail a season. Mm-hmm. So. I, uh, I I'm quite happy with the two offensive linemen. You know, it's a veteran leadership. Those young guys we have, you know, they're going to uh, learn, you know, by watching these two veterans come in. You know, a Schofield, uh, decent in the you know zone uh, uh, scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, Reef got a lot of experience playing both tackles. You know, we have three young tackles. They're going to uh, they're going to learn. I, I, I uh, my my thing is the Roquan doing Roquan things. I always talk about this. You know. I, I think I, I think I talked to show uh, a while back about how I thought he'd probably hold out. You know, it's just a Roquan thing. You know, his his mom negotiates his contracts. He had his, you know, mental health holiday. That's what Dan and I talked about. Uh, 
Yeah, the Vikings game in yep. 19. Yeah. And and that was a loss, wasn't it? Or did they win? No, the Bears won. They were like three and one at that point. Yeah. And then went to play the Raiders in London, and everything went downhill with Nagy ever since that moment. Indeed. Uh, you can blame that on blame that on the British. You can blame that on us if you want, Dan. Don't <laughs> <laughs> blame it on the British because they were playing in no. London. So uh, yeah, we'll take that one for you, mate. I will blame it on the bald fuck. <laughs> yeah, on the British. <laughs> but yeah, you know, excuse me. So right, you know, he's been sounding the alarm about the lack of depth at the linebacker position, and now you've got this kind of uh, question mark. Regarding Roquan Smith, I expect him to sign and, and, and play this year, not miss any any uh, football time. But um, it is it is concerning, you know. I mean, if you get an injury, if he does hold out for a few games, you know, all of a sudden that lack of depth is going to be a huge problem. Let, let me ask you, if if they don't come to terms, do you think he's going to uh, hold out for the season? You know, I mean, or miss considerable time. You yeah, know, I, I I I don't see him playing under the last year of his deal just because the injury risk. You know, and, and he plays through this contract, they could franchise him next year, and then he's you know he's kind of in that Allen Robinson, you know, no deal type you know mode. Yeah, I'd say um, my guess is that he will play simply because he knows he's got to prove himself to a lot of NFL people. I mean, when you have your peers, NFL players and general managers, not mentioning you as one of the top linebackers in the league and you're headed into free agency and you're going to do that after sitting out a season, I don't think that, to me, makes business sense. And knowing his competitive spirit uh, and the fact that he is at camp now, uh, even if he may not practice, uh, I just feel he will play. But that's just speculation on my part. Bellissimo. Let me ask you a serious question real quick. Please do. And, and be honest. Bear your soul here. Do you think, and maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'll be like, okay, uh, fuck this up then. But I feel like a lot of people overloved Allen Robinson. I thought Allen Robinson was okay. I didn't downplay him as much as Mike North did. But the, to me, our linebacker here is is head and shoulders above Allen Robinson in terms of, oh, we've got to get this guy signed, mm -hmm. uh, being Roquan. Do you think I'm onto something or that I'm wrong there? I think Roquan's importance and ability exceeds A-Rob. I think we overloved A-Rob. I, I agree um, with Dan to a point, definitely, yeah. And I also think as well is how Robinson played last season. So I know he had some injuries, but the lack of effort, or I know you were getting crappy play calls, you know, you know, really bad routes to run, but I just think Rekord Smith is like, he's like a, a leader of, of the defence, and I think really he's, he's one of our greatest assets. Uh, I just think, I was quite sort of disappointed with Robinson's attitude last year uh, because I know he's a great guy. I know he's been on the network, and you know, and he, and he is a, a you know, he can be a wonderful player. But um, I, I definitely go with what Dan's saying. Really, I think um, he was our number one for a little bit too long. I think I think we needed to bring in more competition for him. Yeah, go ahead, Tuch. I, I, I want to answer that question, but why don't you jump in first? Uh, the the question for uh, uh for which question? 
Dan asked, uh, do you think A-Rob has been overvalued by Bears fans? Man, that's a tough question. Uh, If you held a gun to my head, I would say yes, overvalued. But uh, he didn't get get a fair shake under Nagy, let's just say. Well, the second part of the question, Tooch, was do you think that signing Roquan is – a lot more top priority than signing a Rob. I know they didn't come up at the same time in terms of their, their contracts, but right. to me, this is a, a lot higher urgency to get done as opposed to Allen Robinson, in my opinion. You know, I, I'm torn in two ways because the, like I said, just minutes ago, the linebacker position on the bears is very thin. You know, a lot of unproven guys, uh, but, uh, but I, I'm kind of in agreement with Jordan Silvero where he says, you know, Hey, that's one of the easiest positions to fill, whether it's like, you know, in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, what do you call it in the draft or in free agency, you know? And, uh, if, if you could get something like, I, like I still, I, I would trade Roquan Smith for DK Metcalf like that. You know, that's, that's a dude that's, but would you know, Seattle take changer. that deal? No. Unless they're stupid, I don't, I don't think they are. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I, first of all, the first part of that question, I don't think that we overvalue them enough. I mean, when he came to the Chicago Bears in 2018, he was coming off an ACL injury, so he wasn't at his very best for a good portion of that season. It was probably late in the season where he really started to probably feel – Terrific playoff game. And a terrific playoff. And he ended up that season with 55 catches, almost 800 yards receiving, and um, let me see, touchdowns, touchdowns. Uh, I don't see touchdowns. Where are my touchdowns? But in any case, then over the next two seasons, 2019 and 2020, he catches 200 passes, 98 and then 102. I mean, that's huge. Uh, And he's picking up first downs, 63 first downs in 2019. More than half of his catches went for first downs, 68 in 2020. He was a very valuable player. And that offense suffered because he did not play well last year. Now, I agree that blaming Matt Nagy for that is first and foremost. He did not engage A-Rob. He did not tell him, you know, this is a great big year for you. We're going to need you no matter who's that quarterback, the veteran Dalton, or we have, we have to put the rookie in. We need you to compete. We need you to play at your best. And we know that you're, you're going into a contract year. It would be better if you had 100 catches than just – 38. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Matt Nagy really, you know, just showed again his incompetence at leading players. And uh, oh, yeah. Alan Robinson, if perhaps if he would have made meetings uh, uh, that uh, the coach didn't go to or, or contacted him, talked to him during the offseason, perhaps A-Rob would have had a better head on his shoulders and been ready to compete at a higher level. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the Nagy thing a lot where it, where Nagy seemed to just be ignoring him as the stories came out after the season, which is so bizarre. But in my opinion, which again, is only my opinion, not a fact, it felt like the pro Allen Robinson people were trying to act like he deserved money like Hopkins with Arizona. Uh, conversely, I felt he was more 
more like Marty Booker, just a working man's wide receiver, which is great. I just don't think that he was a guy that should get money or valued like Hopkins. To me, if you tell me A-Rob is our number one and Mooney, or Mooney's number one, I know Mooney's shorter, but still, I don't think Mooney's that much of a fall-off from Robinson, in my opinion. I agree with that. Uh, I do believe that Darnell Mooney is going to be a – Darnell Mooney is going to catch 100 passes this year. Book it. And he's probably going to get – eight to 10 touchdowns. Um, I think he's going to have a breakout year and he's going to be the next wide receiver asking for 20 plus million dollars a season. I really do believe that there's this rapport between Fields and Mooney. is just going to blast off this year. Well, if that happens, aren't we winning? Well, it, it could yeah. also be because we're trying to catch up. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of, <clears throat> a lot of yards are, are being made up in the fourth quarter, but I don't know, man. Hopefully we are. Uh, Dan, you, you got me there. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Did Did you guys uh, – I, I don't know. You, you didn't play any of the Justin Jones, Jalen Johnson part of the press conference. But uh, if you listened and read between the lines when Jalen Johnson was talking, he mm-hmm. talked about, you know, how uh, how prepared and efficient uh, this coaching staff was. And to me, that says everything about Nagy. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was none of uh, 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 none of that with Nagy. I mean, and Nagy liked to talk a good game about how, you know, he would hold players to a high standard. This coach actually does it. Yeah. You know, uh, That's a good uh, point. And let me play some of that. I've got actually Jalen Johnson and Justin Jones talking about that. The question began towards Jalen Johnson was whether you've noticed what no- changes as he's noticed from last year's coaching staff. It really kind of takes it back to the fundamentals, really just playing football hard, playing football the right way. Um, and I feel like they established a good sense of tough nose football. And I wouldn't say that our last staff didn't. I just think that their emphasis is a lot more. I feel like they're emphasizing um, really running to the ball. Like you guys know, we're, we got to be in shape. We're going to be running a lot more. And it's, 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 everything is just emphasized differently. Everything is just being harped on. Um, and, I mean, the way that they count loafs, the way that they just hold us accountable is, is, is crazy compared to what we're used to, really. But, I mean, I feel like it's all going to pay off. I feel like you can never be in too much shape. You can never be too physical. You can never play football hard enough. So, I mean, I feel like it's all for good, for good measure, for good purpose. Um, but... I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenge, and I feel like we're up for it. Have either of you guys been called out in the film sessions for not going hard enough? To oh, we all have. Yeah, I mean, sure. if anybody says they haven't, they lying to y'all. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that moment like when, when, when you're the guy that gets, gets spotlighted? I mean, you just got to you, you gotta look in yourself and hold yourself accountable at, at first. You got you to, like, am I, am I going as hard as I could on this possible on this play? Because in the game, like, you know, Jalen got to know that I'm going to run my ass to the ball, you know, every time because uh, if, I, if I ain't come on that backside and he cut back and he scored a touchdown, that's on me. That ain't on him. You know what I'm saying? You got to know the help there. But, you know, for him, for him to have that confidence in me, you got to see it in practice. You know, you can't assume that's going to happen in the game if you ain't seen it all, all training camp, all, you know, OTA. So that's that's the reason why, you know, everybody's holding each other accountable right now because in the game, you just have to know some, your teammate's going to be there. To have that trust, you know what I'm saying, in the guys, you, you have to know it's going to be there. And that's why it's so important. That you know they're, that that they're holding us accountable. That's, that's why it's so important that you know everybody's running to the ball. We're making sure that even even if it's the slightest loaf, you know that that that's why that's why they're on it so hard. Just just for that reason, because if you if you can play, you know, knowing that you've got the trust and belief in your teammates, you can play free. 
know what I'm saying? You, you can take more shots knowing that you're going to be covered up by your teammates, and that, that's, that's the importance of it. How great is that, right, Tush? That's exactly what you were talking There's about. There's all, all shouts at Matt Nagy, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's like he kind of he kind of like, well, I don't want to piss off. The, I, you know, I'm friendly with those guys, but, you know, this staff is way better, you know. That's the way I, I – I, that's all I could think about when he was – he was talking about that, like uh, you know, there's yeah. there's a, a more accountability. There's, you know, there's a, a, a higher standard. There's more attention to detail. You know, it's a, a you know the the team last year under Nagy, man. All, w- w- without attention to detail, you get uh, you know uh, these uh, uh, ill ill time penalties. You know, uh, uh, whatever with false starts, lack of concentration. Uh, turnovers and, and like Dan Aguirre always likes to point out, late game collapses, mm-hmm. right? You know that's all just, yeah. just coaching and details. And, and or you know. the Nagy thing was to come out flat too, always. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah, hated that. Yeah, but I love I love uh, both of those guys talking about the new culture and 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 picking it up. And as Berlismo pointing out pointing out that Jalen Johnson said that. You know, a- anyone who says they haven't been uh, openly criticized for loafing is lying. That that's just too too fucking awesome for a team that we saw at times just fall asleep when the ball was laying on the ground, and, and, and particularly in big moments of a game. Uh, so frustrating. Uh, uh, Chris, you were going to say something. I interrupted. Yeah, uh, I mean, one thing I noticed from uh, from when uh, we had uh, Nagy as the coach is. And also the overall coaching staff is that they never seem to improve many players. You know, you didn't see, you didn't think they seemed to uh, coach players up. I mean, I, I, I understand last year they were like, you know, fighting for their own jobs. So, the, the, you know, they they're probably weren't thinking about development of players, but I can't really think of a player when, they, when, they, when we had Nagy that I thought, wow, he's really improved him. He's really, he's been coached up really well. I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. Agree some more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Even the guys that I wanted them to retain, like Nichols, you know, look what's happened with him in Oakland or Las Vegas, I guess. And well, he's on the pop list, which doesn't mean that he's out for the season, right? But uh, Right, but it's kind of like maybe that's why we let him go. Maybe they knew yeah. something that we didn't. Same thing with Eddie Goldman, you know, just his heart seemed to be gone. We can make that Rocky three connection again. He lost the eye of the tiger, man. When he set that season out, Yep. (laughs) he needed Apollo to take him to LA and teach him to train differently. (laughs) Get running on a beach. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, well, I guess the most all of erotic here. scene ever, right? <laughs> I guess all of you guys have seen the orange helmets, right? Uh, so let's I just, like it. Yeah, Dan, you, you, I, I knew you'd love it. I knew you'd love it. I like the orange jersey too. But would you rather they wore this orange one or the black one with the white C? Uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to that either. I mean, that's still a version of the same helmet. I think they're just changing the – they could use the Navy helmet and put the white C on it versus the the orange, you know, the – they could – that's manageable is what I'm saying without breaking the two-helmet rule, mm-hmm. which used to just be the one-helmet rule because a couple of years ago, Tampa Bay was trying to wear that old orange 
you know, their seventies, eighties, early nineties uniform. And they told them they couldn't do it because they had to switch their helmet, but they've just changed that rule within the last two years or so. So I, I like it. It's only going to be for two games. I like it better than the one that we have where it looks like Michigan's helmet. Oh my gosh. Yes. The 1936 helmet. I, I don't, I hope they don't wear those uniforms anymore. I kind of don't dig those. Chris, you got a preference in uniforms? Um, well, my, my overall preference is that I wish we'd played all white again because I just think yes. it just looked cool. I really like them, uh, them, them uniforms. But regarding the um, the orange helmet, I, I'm not a big fan of the orange kit overall. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't like it. But I quite like the um, the 1938 uniform. Um, yeah, I'm not too much of a fan of the uh, of the helmet design, but. Yeah, it's like you said, Dan. I mean, they're only waiting for two for two games, and at least it's it is something different. Cost, you know, they haven't changed. Well, they haven't changed the helmet logo or anything for a long time. So, yeah, overall, I'm not too happy because I don't like the orange that much. But um, at least we got at least we got a bit of a change anyway. And, and people will buy them anyway, so they'll make the money on the merchandise. Would any of you guys buy an orange helmet? Because I, Greg Gabriel and I were talking no. about that. No, it's like helmets aren't something that I'm going to buy. It's like a couple hundred bucks. And so if I was going to buy a helmet, I would buy probably the black one with the white lettering if that was available or go with the, another one of the traditional looks as opposed to the orange. And I'm not saying that I dislike this helmet. I think it's very attractive. I wish it didn't look it didn't remind me of the Cleveland Browns uniform. They, they actually trolled us on social media. Um, and that really pissed me off because I, I hate Cleveland. Now that Dan and I went to that shellacking of the <laughs> Cleveland. I, I <laughs> and, then he, and then he tells me he was disappointed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Fuck Cleveland. <laughs> it does not rock. <laughs> it does not really? rock. No, that, that guy said that. What, what's huh. his name? He's on prices right now. Um. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, he had the uh, fucking the Drew Carey. Yeah, no. Drew Carey. The first Browns game because remember they went they moved to Baltimore. Right. So for ninety six, seven, eight, the Cleveland didn't have a team, and then they came back in ninety nine. And their opening night, he came out and was like, "Cleveland rocks." <laughs> Drew Carey. It's, it doesn't rock. I don't want to go back to Cleveland. Actually, I'm going back to Cleveland for nine nails. What am I talking about? I am going back to Cleveland, September twenty fourth. Look at you, that that. Dan, can I just quickly ask what were the what were the things what you disliked about the um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What, what what were the main things what sort of pissed you off? A couple of things I didn't like about the Rock uh, Hall is like uh, there was no fluidity or, or no right. rhyme or reason. Like for example, if you're at the Beatles display, uh-huh. you know I would expect to see something from that era beside them, but they had the Talking Heads beside them. Like what the oh, fuck? Right. They're not in alphabetical order. They're not right. separated with genres. You figure, again, if you're going to have the uh, the Beatles, maybe you'd have the Rolling Stones there, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you go, maybe the Doors, maybe you'd have them with like Hendrix and Janis Joplin, yeah. Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. You didn't have them with genres. There was no guide. Nobody walked through to tell you anything. There was no map to tell you where anything was. And like the Doors had like two little small, like, oh, they're in the Rock and Roll of Fame. Uh, just two little like eight by tens and Taylor yeah. Swift is like a full display. Taylor Swift isn't in the rock and roll hall of fame. And they're like, Oh, we depend on donations. 
Well, so if Taylor Swift just donates her shit, you hang it just because yeah, she's not because. even in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but yet Bob Dylan, who I'm not a fan of, but still deserves a lot of credit, uh-huh. uh, has virtually nothing. The Doors have virtually nothing. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was just so like hit and miss, and they didn't have the air conditioning on. It was fucking hot, and we had to wear <laughs> our masks still then too. Right, so right. I was sweating through my masks. They didn't have any air on. Oh, that's a shame because I mean I thought they would have done it by started it you know from the nineteen fifties and it would have just gone you know through the years you know what I mean yes. and it's like you say then you had you know the Beatles and the Stones all in one 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 area but um, I'm not a massive fan of Hall of Fame to be honest with you I don't think music rock and roll music's about that to be honest with you but I just thought I'd ask it I know diverged show off a little bit sorry about that. The NFL Hall of Fame, I've only gone once, but the NFL Hall of Fame was pretty fucking awesome. Oh, right, So yeah. I liked it, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was pretty fucking disappointing. Right. You gotta, when you set up a, a museum like that, you got to tell a story. You got to figure yeah. out a label and tell a story. Uh, it was just thrown around like that. Yeah, You don't even appreciate the artifacts uh, because you're still trying to figure out why is what this? they are. Yeah. yeah, so uh, kind of weird. All right, I wanted to share with you guys the uh, artist renderings of the proposed dome over Soldier Field <laughs> that Mayor Lightfoot has uh, quickly tried to put something together to impress the Chicago Bears and their fans. I want to know from you guys, honest opinion, are you impressed at all by this look? Uh, kind of a glass uh dome look with a cheap looking uh, uh, video oval scoreboard or or video board above the field um, and uh, probably a lot more suites a glass uh, partition or wall looking out onto the skyline what are you guys thinking about this first off if they would stay at soldier field can you please bring the colonnades back in even if it is a dome, I want the colonnades surrounding both sides of the stadium. Uh, and as a Bears fan, I if you're going to bring a dome, I hope it's retractable because I want the Bears to to be outside in snow games and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like if you've got a warm weather team coming here, I know I know San Francisco beat us twenty eight to three in the championship game, but in theory, that when it's below zero and you've got a finesse warm weather team coming in, that should be an advantage. But I don't want to mitigate that by having it in a dome 24-7. And all this feels for not anyway, If unless I mis- misinterpreted what was said, I think that the Bears management told everyone that they can't negotiate with anybody else, period, while this thing with Arlington Heights is in progress. Like, they literally can't talk to anybody else, even if they wanted to, during the escrow period before they, they close on the land. Did I make this up? I'm pretty sure I heard them say that. I have not heard that. I don't know if you guys have uh, Tutra, Chris. No, no I've not, not heard anything like that there. I thought he said it in the press conference a few weeks he could, ago. He could, I mean, he, could, he could be right, mate. Dan's he could be right. right Dan, the, the Bears issued a press release that said they can't right, comment right, on cool. anything else while the uh, negotiations are going on with Arlington Heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were precluded from even entertaining the idea, even if they were like, oh, this is great, let's listen. In theory, they can't because they've already they've tried to purchase this land and they have to go through a couple of hula hoops. Oh, he, like George said it would take like a year, or maybe it was Ted. 
uh, Phillips had said it'd be like a year before they could even close on it because of all the, the red tape, so to speak. So they can't really respond to this at all. And it's like the mayor has to know that. So maybe it's just to get good press on her side or the city side whenever the Bears do make the announcement that they're going to leave in two two or three years, whatever that might be. Not when they leave, but when they make the announcement that they're going to leave, they're going to be like, well, we did everything we could. We tried to design this fucking dome, and, and they just left. I think it's just a safe face from the, the city, unless I'm wrong. No, I think you're 100% correct on that. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with Adeptus here. He said that 3D render is shit. It, uh, you know, if you were going to do something like that, which they did, they should have paid for an outstanding video 3D rendering to show the concourses, to show the traffic flow, to really make it fucking convincing that going to a Bears game at, at the new Soldier Field would be attractive. These fucking artist renderings that could have been done by a college student who had just entered, you know, architecture class or something like that. This this doesn't look that appealing to me. I mean, they should have really they should have just spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on doing an outstanding 3D rendering. I don't know if you guys ever saw when the Dallas Cowboys were on hard knocks at the opening of the no 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 not the Dallas Cowboys was it the Raiders when they were on hard knocks and they opened the first episode with this 3D rendering of the camera going through the locker rooms out to the field out to the suites and just uh, uh, showing a fantastic look of every phase of the new stadium that's what. Mayor Lightfoot and her team of idiots should have done uh, to make it more appealing to the Bears management and Bears fans about uh, staying at Soldier Field. That, that to me, is a big-time failure um, by the mayor and her team. It just, they're, they're like a year late. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. Lance Briggs said, it's too little too late. That's you know? a great point, too. You know, They should have been talking about this years ago. They knew that the Bears were, would eventually want to – and by the way, the, interrupting myself, I, I think that the Bears are doing this Arlington thing because they, they want to sell the team. And they know that it's just going to be a much more – I think Tucci was saying this before we, we, we rolled, we went live. Yep. It would just be much more attractive, a state-of-the-art stadium in uh, Arlington Heights with hotels and shops. And they'll own it. Yeah, exactly. So um, this has to do, I think, with the fact that the team is getting ready for the post-Virginia era where they're going to make monumental changes, one of them which will be probably the sell of the team. The, the stadium situation is so Bears, Aldo. It's so <laughs> Bears. Okay, The first stadium was like, we got to save the colonnades because a bunch of meathead fans like colonnades. Yes. You know, it's like, and they dropped this freaking Lightfoot spaceship in the middle of it. I'm just and saying. then put the colonnades outside. And then they put the colonnades outside. It's like it was done wrong. It's like like the Bears do all these things. They always do things wrong. You know, it's like it's like at the time it might seem like a great idea, but looking back, I'm like, God, they're fucking stupid. It's the smallest stadium in the NFL. 
You know, it's they don't the Bears don't get it was a shitty deal from the Bears, excuse me for the language, but they don't oh, get you can call on this show. They don't get all the revenue from from uh concessions. They never have. Yeah. Right? They never have got this in Arlington Heights, they can own everything. They can even get a percentage of the casino revenue if they build a casino. Why would you stay? You know, yeah. there's no you can build a state-of-the-art fan experience. It's got its own freaking train stock. You know, and, and what's more, like I said last week, San Francisco plays in Santa Clara, which is roughly 30 miles outside of San Francisco, just like Arlington Heights is to Chicago. The Giants and the Jets don't even play in New York. And they're in New Jersey, and they're still called the New – I mean, it's not unprecedented for the team to not be in the city that they're identifying with is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the other thing that, you know, the concession stand – there's two things that bother me about going to Soldier Field. It's getting out. You know, the you're all funneled into small quarters, and it's people shoulder to shoulder. It's hellacious to get out, especially if you've gone to a cold-weather game. The other thing is – you want to grab a hot dog and a beer, you're going to go out uh, into the concession area. It, it, the, the, the corridors there are so fucking narrow that, again, it's people uh, shoulder to shoulder. You don't know where the line begins. If you want to look around for different foods and stuff, it's, it'll take you 10 minutes to go from one concession stand to the other because of the crowds. It's a mess. And so these renderings should have shown, you know, when I went uh, – to uh, Petco Park to uh, recently to see the Giants and Padres play. That was one of the things that caught my eye. It's like I, I feel like hanging out in the concession stand area because there were so many great shops to to shop stuff for, to shop for food and stuff. It was it was pleasant. Uh, Chicago doesn't have that. Poor poor Dan Aguirre. We were trying to find the the the, the retail shop where yeah for the White Fields jersey. Yeah, and and couldn't fucking find it because the layout at at this old Soldier Field is so fucked up. Um, so and the, every little small shop that wasn't the Bears Pro Shop, but just like a little, they just had the the Navy one, and like they were selling the Bears thirty nineteen thirty six Fields jersey. Yeah. I just want the standard away jersey. End up having to buy it in an NFL shop. <laughs> Although it's the only stadium in the NFL that was bad from the minute it opened. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It was bad. It was. It looked terrible aesthetically, yeah. and, and the whole situation inside, as far as like traffic flow and bathrooms and concessions, was bad. Yeah, it's the and only stadium that was bad. It was too small. Right. The Bears had got a crap deal with the park district. It, it was no wonder they want to leave. They don't want to hear anything from from the city of Chicago. Yeah. Well, the alternative would be playing all your games on the road, like they did in two thousand two, in Champaign. That was awful. Everybody was hurt. It was just one of the worst bear seasons ever, 2002. <laughs> yes. Wait, Chris, were you a fan back yeah. in 2002? Mean, we, we wouldn't forget. Sorry. No, I was asking you, Chris. It, it you went, were, sorry. Were you a fan back in 2002, Chris? I've been a fan since 1986. Ah. So, so yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. But the one thing what annoys me about Soldier Field is – it's the state of the plane fit, the plane surface. I think it's like I've seen better plane surfaces on, like you know, like a, a school field back back over here. And uh, you know, if I were a player, I wouldn't be happy playing on some of the some of the pitches. Mm -hmm. The the uh, the planes. I think it's terrible. Yeah, 
it uh, it's a mess, and really both sides are to blame. You know, it's Chicago not having a proactive approach towards modernizing that place, and uh, and, and and you know, and doing the math because the the math has been done before. They, when I was uh, doing reporting for Channel Two News here in Chicago, th they were contemplating building a dome stadium in the lakefront that would be part of McCormick Place and where they have trade shows and so forth. And they did the, the business sense. They said that we can bring in these big, massive trade shows and big uh, spiritual awakenings where eight, they need an indoor stadium for 80,000 people. That was all going to be money. Uh, uh, the stadium could make money throughout the year, just like all these other mammoth stadiums do uh the lucas field in indianapolis is just not open for football in the combine they hold concerts there they have you know the southern baptist league with their seventy thousand people membership they hold their conventions there and stuff and so this was all talked about decades ago by the chicago bears but they never followed through on it that the city never followed through on it they're both they're both to blame in my opinion you recall back in the early 90s, they were trying to go to Gary, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> it, was very, it was very true. There, there, there was a, a place they were looking at south of McCormick Place, although, if you remember back, to build a stadium, mm -hmm. you know, and leave Soldier Field alone, you know, and then yeah. build, a, you know, a new state-of-the-art dome, which I think that's what the Bears wanted. I don't, right. know, I, I don't know why they were talked, you know, they for, for whatever reason, they were talked into keeping, you know, Soldier Field – uh, but uh, uh, I will be like penis envy <laughs> if the Packers have an outdoor stadium and us in Detroit and Minnesota are all in domes. <laughs> if you know, I mean, it's the NFC fucking Central or the North now. We're supposed to be cold mm. weather. I, I just I want the Bears to at least have a retractable dome. Yeah, they'll, they'll do a retractable. So, you, so Dad, you definitely want the the roof open, and when it's cold, like a cold weather game, yeah, you, you want to try and keep that. So, yeah, I think that is an advantage. I mean, the opposite certainly is an advantage. You remember like when the Bears went to Miami uh, in Nagy's first season and it was like 112 degrees on the field with the the heat wow. index. So, I mean, the reverse is, is, affects teams and if they come to cold weather and they're not used to it, that affects them too. We've seen mm -hmm. it before. Michael Vick and Jared Goff a few oh, years yeah. ago when he was a member of the Rams and he just didn't want to be there. Well, no, uh, Nomad just said that whatever they do in Arlington, I hope they factor in the tailgating culture. People love that. I totally agree with you, Nomad. And, you know, they, they can also think of ideas to prioritize that. I mean, to monetize that, which I mean by that is I would love to tailgate. I don't particularly want to do the cooking. So if they had got shops there where we could get barbecue, hot dogs, hamburgers, and Chicago-style uh, Maxwell Street uh pork chops and stuff, that would be great. And they can make some money out of that. Uh, so there's lots of cool ideas out there. That whatever the Bears do, I hope they do it right. They, that they finally get it right because, as Tooch has said, uh, we've lived through so many disappointments, uh, particularly in Chicago with stadiums. You know, when the White Sox opened their first stadium, that, that was considered a big white elephant. They had to redo the grandstands because they were so steep that people were complaining. Yeah. Of vertigo, um, and oh, wow. 
Yeah, and there was a couple of shootings. Uh, it, it was built across the street from housing projects, and people were shooting from the housing projects, and they found bullet holes in the seats while it was under construction. So it got off to a terrible start. Oh, now, get out. <laughs> now it's not as bad as it was, but yeah, between that and and brick falling on the top of heads of people at Wrigley Field because it was falling apart between, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan complaining about the, sh the, the, the uh, uh, visual line uh, at the United Center, that it was not like the Chicago Stadium. You know, the, the Chicago sports have had their problems with uh, venues for a long fucking time. Hey, uh, Dan, how much time do we have you? I got about 10 minutes. Okay, it's all, it's all yours. What do you want to talk about? I got NFL Plus. I don't know if you all saw that. They're charging you already five. Got it? What level is it? It's five dollars a month, and essentially for me, because uh, I don't want to get the, I don't I don't like to stream games, and I hope that the Sunday ticket. Again, we don't know for sure, but next season in twenty three could be streaming only. But there's still articles saying that whomever wins may sell a a, a portion to Directv for over like for regular old school TV, which is what I want. But the point is, if I have NFL Plus, then like I can get all the Amazon games on my phone and not have to subscribe to Amazon Prime. I get the Monday night games, the Sunday night games, my local games, and all the preseason games. And they've got some old stuff on there that like, they don't have all the Super Bowls, which I, everything they have, I have too. But still, it's cool. I could just be sitting at work and say, well, fuck, let me fire up Super Bowl eight, and if I wanted to. Uh, and it's $5 a month. So yeah, it launched on Monday. Uh, I've already bought it. So if you get it now, it's like $30 for the whole year if you want to go that route. Uh, but I don't know. I might end up canceling it after the season, you know, after January. So I decided to keep the $5 a month part. Adeptus is asking you if the UI is good, I, that he hasn't fucked with it yet. The UI, what does that mean? Interface? The user interface. User interface. Uh, it, have you fucked around with it yet? Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't love it, and I, I I don't know. I don't think there's a specific app for it uh, other than just the NFL app. I'd like for it to just be plus on its own app because I'm afraid with all that traffic on the NFL app, it's going to crash during games. Oh, another thing you get, uh, like let's say uh, I'm out of town, obviously, but I want to hear Tom Thayer. I could just I can select which audio broadcast I'd like to hear too during the games, which I get the, the games on Sirius if I wanted as well, but I may end up canceling Sirius as, as well. I don't know, but it's still, it's $5 a month and it yeah. gets me all the preseason games live, which again, if I don't live in Chicago, those are hard to get for me. Art by, Nike, asking, or Art by Nike is asking, can you watch the all 22 like you do on NFL game pass? Uh, there's different layers to it. Right. You can pay more to get the coaches film and the all 22 stuff. Uh, I don't, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you and break down tape and shit. I mean, that's just not who I am. I'm a fan. I'm not, I'm not John Madden. So I'm just a, just a fan and I'm happy recording the game, watching the game, watching it back and stuff like that. But I'm not going to sit here and be a coach. That's not my thing. So, uh, for me, the $5 tier is, is perfect, but there is another tier. I forget how much it was for you to get access to that other stuff, that which it wasn't that much more. Adepta says it's a ten dollars a month for the all twenty two. See, it's 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 affordable. It's it's a good deal, you know. Yeah. Um, what else you got, Dan? 
Um, I, well, that's put me on the spot. But, uh, <laughs> Westworld is finally coming together here in season four. At first, I kept falling asleep on it and thought it was okay, but it was like incoherent. And I don't want to give any spoilers if you all haven't caught up being Aldo and Tooch, but season four, which I believe is going to be the last from what I heard, uh, is actually coming together nicely now that I've gotten through five episodes. I'm behind, but I had the same experience as you where I was falling asleep, then I watch it rewatch it and, and kind of get into it. So I'll probably get back into it this week. I was out of town this weekend. By episode five, it was really, really coming together and making yeah, a lot of sense, but I don't I, want to provide I you. Watch it. I, I stopped watching in the middle of season two. I don't think I'm going to go back. Season two was awesome. I thought three, a lot of people criticized three, but I still dug three as well. Uh, I love two, uh, but four, four is okay. It's It's clearly running out of gas, but uh, the only spoiler I'll give you now, uh, Aldo, in case you said you're not going to watch it, but uh, in the future, whatever year this is, Charlotte Hale has managed to make the people controlled by the robot. So it's flipped. She created a virus and they can control the humans <laughs> in the real world. So, yeah, that's where we are now on the show. All right, well, um, I, I like it when hopefully when when it, season four ends if they're not bringing it back hopefully the storytellers know that and will give a good resolution to the entire series i hate watching these episodic series and then all of a sudden it's canceled and you're left thinking oh, hanging right yeah mm -hmm. no ending what the fuck what did i just do with my yeah life? there was a show on showtime uh they had jeff daniels in it i think i talked about it with you back when it, it aired uh, called uh, it's something rust american rust yeah and it, it was it's fairly good it's dark it's it's right on the west virginia pennsylvania border so like i relate to like all this shit like is you know the drug abuse and all this stuff and people not really having anything to do and all these things uh, but the show was good and it left with the cliffhanger and the showtime canceled it mm. but it just got picked up by somebody else maybe amazon or paramount somebody else just picked it up at like six months after it was canceled yeah it uh th that's one of the worst feelings man you've d dedicated a couple of seasons to walk towards watching the show or more and you're not given a satisfying conclusion just simply because you know some bean counter said yeah let's let's dump it um, anything else, Dan, before you go? I know you got three minutes left. Yeah, HBO had a show back in 2016. I think you said you watched it. And like Jagger was one of the producers too, called Vinyl. Yeah. It was oh, in the yes, early 70s. Yes. yes. Yeah, that really, yeah, I really dug the show and, and yeah. HBO re-upped it for a second season, but then a new president of the company came on and then canceled it. Yeah. You said the ratings weren't worth the money that they were putting up to to actually finance it, and I I really liked that first season. Yeah, so it's so yeah, so disappointing. Black Mondays, it, I love Black Monday. Somebody Nomad says it, it's it's gone too. Three seasons on Showtime, it's been canceled. Which one was Black Monday? I don't with remember. Don Cheadle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was so fucking funny. The first season was set in, in '86, leading up to the stock market crash of '87 which is where Black Monday comes from. Mm -hmm. Then the second season, it was still, you know, they were like, hey, I got this new Nintendo system, all these like 80s retro like references and things. Mm -hmm. The third season, it 
I think it's in the early nineties. It kind of doesn't have any of that shit in it. It's just that it happens to be old school, but it doesn't hammer it with references and songs and things like that. It's just like any other show, but, uh, I liked it. Uh, I think it, it's been canceled though. So yeah, I, I'm at a stage now in my life where there's just way too many fucking things to pick from and choose. And, um, you know, I, I'm almost craving the old days where I just had ABC, NBC, CBS, and a UHF station and PBS. Football can't come soon enough. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> you know, that's my last thing I'll say. A, uh, good. It's good to your back, Aldo. Tooch, love you as always. Chris, great to meet you. Yeah, Danny. Even though it's awesome, not mate. real life, but it's still sort of, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But. You know, I, again, I told you last night, Aldo, you know, just been under pressure and shit and, you know, just been down and things. Not, I'm not trying to, to, to all poor you, but I'm just saying that's the power of football is you feel like things are going bad and you're not happy with things, whatever. And then, you know, we start this talk, you know, three hours and 15 minutes later and it's just, or whatever it's been. I, I think we went on what, 845. So less than three hours, mm-hmm. approximately three hours. And, and I'm already, per- I'm happy again. So I'm saying like, so we're not even watching a game. We're just talking about it. Yeah. Yes. That's the power of the bears for me, man. Like even yeah, when they suck and I'm frustrated and I'm down when they lose, it's still, it's, it's something that picks, picks you up. I, I can't explain it. Maybe it's like a drug abuser when they get high. I can't really relate to, to any other aspect of, but I am obsessed with this team. Could you, could you relate to it? If like, the bears are, are, are pussy. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed my, uh, I've been lucky enough to enjoy, uh, crawling on my share of women. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we know that you like, you know, cunnilingus. So yes. uh, I'm, I'm picturing you doing something like that with the bears. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll let you get out of here and go save some lives, all right? All right. All right, you gentlemen. Uh, hopefully next week I'll be back and not dead on a Pittsburgh trip. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Danny. Trip on Friday. No, see, Sorry. I get off at 8 so, o'clock in the like, morning. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. So, so I was just going to say, Dan, that I know you got to get off. Like, it's just been a, a fucking honor to talk to you, man been listening to you it's not only your football knowledge and how you can sort of bring back all these details it's of, of their games it's it's who you are like you, you've come over like you know you told stu- stuff about your own personal life and uh that that's the part i love about our network is that even just the football talk you know it's getting to know the people you know who are talking about 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 the football so uh yeah mate it's just been an absolute pleasure and uh, an honor to talk to you man uh pleasure's all mine i completely agree with you and i thank you uh I, last thing i was going to say is i got off work at eight that morning and then have to leave for pittsburgh at 10 a.m with virtually no sleep so that's why i was joking saying like i hope i don't die but i hope i don't die you all be well it's been my pleasure talking with you good night danny yeah, good night yes sir he is Dan Aguirre, the one and only Dan Aguirre. We love him in so many different ways. Um, guys, why don't we go another 15, 20 minutes and uh, yeah, cool, yeah. Uh, address some questions or anything that you want to bring up. Start with you, Chris. Anything on your mind that you want to talk about, whether it's Bears or something you've seen on, on movies, TV, uh, anything else? 
I'm not. I'm not a massive TV movie guy, really, because because you know you know you're about watching all these series or seasons. I just can't. I'm so I'm such a lazy person that I just can't give the commitment to all these big. <laughs> you know, these series is what go on for like twenty shows. It's far too much commitment for me. But um, I've always wanted to know: is it really, really hard to get hold of a, a bear season ticket? Is it like something what's like passed down through families so it's impossible for like the average guy to get hold of a ticket? I I think it's becoming easier. I still think there's a waiting list. Uh, right, right. Jumping off this waiting list, and I I assume that if you know that's part of the reason why I think the Chicago Bears have been making noise with uh, changes and who's running the team, but also there's all this talk about Arlington Heights. They're just trying to re-inspire fans to uh, get back on the Bears bandwagon. So once this new stadium is up, and I, I have no doubt that this Arlington Heights deal is going to work out and they will be building a 70,000-plus stadium, there's going to be plenty of uh, – uh, seats available. You just have to be loaded. You know they got this fucking shit called PSIs now, where you got to pay like ten thousand dollars. You own the seat, but that doesn't pay for your season tickets. <laughs> that doesn't right? pay for anything. You own the seat. What the fuck is that? Um, but but uh, so, so you're yeah. basically paying for it twice, aren't you? Really, you're paying for that seat twice, twice over. Yep. It's because the demand Ridiculous. is so high that you can you can sell these PSIs. They just it's just another way of uh, of uh, you know taxing uh, Bears fans for for their love. You guys have a VAT value added tax, uh, yes. And yeah, so I think it's something akin to that if I understand VAT yeah. properly. Yeah, um, isn't it amazing that two point two billion dollars won't keep the Bears in town? In Chicago. <laughs> wow. You know, that's the story right now. You know, that uh you know, the, the city of Chicago proposed this two point two billion dollars. The Bears just kind of like, eh, we can't comment. Nah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a really, really good point. And let's face it, the only reason they're at Soldier Field is because Virginia wanted to keep the George Hallis, her father's team in Chicago, because uh Mr. Hallis said that, you know, we'll never play outside of Chicago. Well, you know, times change. Uh, there's, I think there's a reason why we saw her at the, uh, these uh, road trips over the last couple of seasons where we saw her in L.A. Uh, and uh, at that new stadium. We saw her in Vegas at that new stadium. I think they were saying, uh, Mom, look at how cool this is. And uh, if we had one like this, we can make a hell of a lot of money. So I think they've been working on uh, Mrs. McCaskey for this move. I think it's really going to happen. Yeah. Um, Tooch, what do you got on your mind, man? Have you seen anything that you want to share with us? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love a good sports movie. And recently I saw one that uh, was on Amazon Prime. It's like an exclusive there. It's it's called The Prize Fighter. Uh, the Jem Belcher story, and it's uh, it, it's about the, the the beginnings of the sport of boxing in England. So Chris would probably get a All kick right. out of it. Uh, it's got a good cast with uh, Russell Crowe, um, Ray Winstone. Don't you know if you know if you don't know if you know oh, who dude. he is? Oh yeah, great actor. Um, All the Englishmen uh, uh, each of us. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, so, sorry to. It's uh you know it's it takes place in Victorian uh yeah Victorian England the early part of the 19th century 
and uh, there's a, a a young boy who's a grand raised by his mom and his grandfather. His grandfather's Russell Crowe, who kind of you know teaches him the sport of boxing. Uh, and uh, before Russell Crowe's father was also like one of the you know best fighters, but there was no real organized sport. They used to they used to just fight on lords' estates uh back in you know two three hundred years ago so uh but the, the boy grows up he works as a blacksmith and he's you know he's ripped it's it's a, the actor's a new up-and-coming kid who wrote the story his name is matt hookings he was really good man it's it's good man it's got great boxing action uh and a great story uh, you know he becomes the champion of england it's the whole start of the thing where they start to organize the sport they put gloves mm-hmm. on and, and stuff like that and it's got to have you know rules and stuff because before it was just kind of you know disorganized you know gambling on this and that but uh you know russell crowe comes in chews up the scenery uh then you have uh ray winstone plays his trainer you know so i know we were talking about uh what rocky the rocky movies earlier so mm-hmm. i you know it it made me remember that i just watched this movie but i recommend it's called the prize fighter it's on uh, uh amazon prime just came out mm. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Sounds really interesting, that does, Tooch. Really interesting. Yeah. Aldo would like it too, man. I'm telling you. I definitely will check that out. Uh, what Scott says is there's a movie on Amazon Prime about uh, a former Chicago Blackhawk player, mm. former Detroit Red Wing, Bob Probert. Uh, mm. um, it's called Tough Guy. Let me see here. Yeah, he was a tough guy too, man. Yeah, I, actually, I, I've got the trailer. Let me uh, let's take a peek at it. Let's see. I don't think I've ever seen him that messed up. It was crazy. Like, in crazy eyes. You always seen it was invincible, I guess. Concussions, severe headaches. Yeah, CTE. You guys better be very careful. Because that's a touchy subject right now. You know, there was two sides of all these two women in the room. He's been blowing block without a doubt. He never knew what he was going to do. He would do crazy things like that. He had no qualms about hitting the goal. He just got the level by Probert. None whatsoever. Don't point at Probert because bad things happen to you. <laughs> Isn't he a beauty? Nobody wanted to play A search followed. Inspectors say they found 14.3 grams of cocaine in Probert's underwear. It was a trailer. They're looking for Bob. They couldn't find Bob. No assembly at all for him. I was kind of like getting out of control. It really hurt to see people like that now that so care about me. Headlines Red Wing star Mrs. Keegle staying sober. None of the news was very good. Then he decides to shoot himself up with steroids in September because now he's panicked about his job. We just went harder than others. We had a lot to do with the 
with his personal disregard for his own physical well-being. It was kind of like riding a bowler. You better hold on. <laughs> I'm John Cherry says, when the players fall out, you see anybody get out of their seats and go for a coffee? Okay. Oh my God! Well, that sounds, looks good. I'm in for yeah. that. Cocaine and hockey <laughs> and broads. <laughs> play, play down the Blackhawks for a while. <laughs> That's right. I think uh, Mike North is good friends with him. Well, I'll have to ask we'll have Mike. To get, get him on and talk a little bit about the, sh the movie, the that documentary. Great. Yeah, yeah. With Mike, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to interview Bob Probert, Probert while I'm doing cocaine. I think uh, if they did a film like that for LT, that would be a really good film for Lawrence Taylor. If they did something like that, because, man, it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How he played in some of the states. What I've heard he was in. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine playing drunk or high in any sport, let alone football. But I'd love to see like a really good film about LT. Man, the story. Well, and I got to get Greg to share some more stories about that. I know he's sometimes a little bit hesitant to talk about certain uh -huh. things he knows about, but I bet you he's got some really good. Oh yes. LT cocaine stories. <laughs> That's got to do. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, yeah, you know, did I talk about Uncharted the last time I, I was on the no. show? No. Is it good? Yeah, it really is. Uh, let me see if I can fish out uh, the trailer to that. Tom Holland, who played uh, Spider-Man, and uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, they are uh, – it's a, it's a treasure hunt story. It's pretty basic. Uh, there's nothing new. It's a good old-fashioned uh, uh, treasure hunt uh, story, uh, but it's well done. Pretty good CGI. Uh, it's it's uh, if you're in for a popcorn movie, I, I recommend Uncharted. Here's a, a, a clip. I just lost. You are a collector. Well, I dabble. I dabble. My family has been looking for this project for a very long time. So much blood. I'm pretty sure he's just threatening to kill me. Don't touch your ear like that. You look like an idiot. You have no idea who you partnered with. I've been hearing about this stuff since I was a kid. My brother Sam left one final clue.
Oh, God. Sydney, I can't have to believe it. A big boy's being because you're about to get a proper Scottish welcome. What? Oh, crap! Exclusively in movie theaters. I liked it. My wife and I saw it. It was a fun movie. It's not, you know, you're not going to... Fall asleep on it, that's for sure. You're not going to talk about the artistic patterns of this or that. No, it's a good <laughs> old popcorn film. You like movies like that, Chris? I do, yeah, but I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, sir. But that sounds like something I would enjoy. I was just wondering if any of you guys have seen the new Elvis film yet. No, my brother's been uh, begging me to watch it because he is a huge Elvis fan. Uh, I have not seen it. I'm a big fan I of it. I'm a big fan of the director. Uh, he did Moulin Rouge, which I thought was a really uh, uh-huh. fantastic film. Baz Luhrmann? Baz Luhrmann. That that's his name. Baz Luhrmann? Yes, indeed. Um, he's done some other films. He, he's a very visual director, so I would like to see yeah. what he does with the Elvis story. But my brother loved it, um, oh. and uh, the music is supposedly great. How can you go wrong? Elvis music, right? <laughs> That's right, mate. I mean, it'd just be nice to hear it in the cinema as well with, with the music. That loud, it'd be, it'd be really... I remember seeing the Johnny Cash film, Walk the Line, and, uh, you know, obviously he's seen it in the cinema and because the sound's that, that rich and loud, it was beautiful, especially, you know, when, he, when they were doing the, the, the songs. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I need to check the Elvis one out, really. That's the one film I do really want to see. Tooch, you got that on your list of films to watch? Yeah, for sure, I- Definitely on my list. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to get out to the theater to watch it. I, I haven't been to a movie theater in such a long time. I, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I love going to the cinema. I love to see people's reactions to, to movies. I love to see them jump out of the seats during a scary part, laugh at the top of their lungs and during funny parts and cry when they're supposed to cry. I love that experience and experiencing that with a crowd. Um, yeah. But, man, oh, man, with you know, I'm afraid now to get monkeypox. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we we got over here. We got monkeypox over here, sir. I don't know I where heard... that was suddenly appeared from. Yeah, it appeared about. It was in the news about a month ago that this this uh, monkeypox had uh, risen its head in uh, in Britain. So it must be popping up all over the world now or something. Crazy. We don't. We can't get a break. No way. <laughs> And uh, it looks horrible as well. When you see a picture of the person who's got it, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't look a nice thing to have. By the way, Zach Sullivan says one of the reasons he wants to watch uh, the Elvis movie is because he too aspires to die on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly have a few times. <laughs> I like jerking. <laughs> hey, Chris, when I, when I was looking through your photographs on your Facebook page to uh, put together uh, that open for the Barfly Tailgate show, yeah. noticed a couple of pictures where you're throwing the football. Have you ever played? Yeah, well, that, that picture, what you put on, is actually when I was coaching about 10 years ago. But I played, I played for from, from the age of 14 up to 19. Uh, so when I first started playing, I was just 14. I know plenty of 19-year-old guys. Who, you know, you're literally a full-grown man, aren't you, when you're 19? So, like, the first sort of season I played, you know, I used to just get the, the shit knocked out of me, but I used to always get up and carry on. And I, I got, like, the Player of the Year award. And then gradually we got better coaching. 
Uh, and I, I actually had a chance to go to a, an American college, but it probably would have been one of the lower divisions. Uh, but mm-hmm. I busted right knee up, so I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And a couple of the other lads who, who played in my team actually uh, ended up going over there. So, uh, yeah, I played six years, um, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. I played rugby, I played cricket, uh, athletics. I was very sporty when I was younger. Um, but I, I was absolutely obsessed with American football for about all the way through my teens. I had posters all over the walls, Walter Payton. We used to get like a weekly newspaper called First Down, what used to tell us all about the NFL, but also about the British game. Because in the 80s, every every city in town had at least one team. So and, uh, there were quite a lot of money in the game in the mid to late 80s because we were sponsored by Kaiser and, and Coca-Cola. So a lot of like the bigger teams used to get like an American quarterback over and maybe a linebacker. And, you know, like the positions what can really up the skill level of the whole team. Um, so absolutely obsessed with it, mate. I was obsessed with it for... Oh, it would have, it would have like anything American as well. When we were younger in the 80s in Britain. Anything American, we just loved it. We couldn't get enough of it. All you know, this is like movies, music, like stuff like BMXing and skateboarding, and obviously football and anything American. We just loved it over here because it just it just made Britain look really drab and small and backwards thinking. And when you're like something from America, I know it's you're looking at it through a bit of a crystal lens. But you used to like see me be like big and bright and loud and do you know what I mean? Where our country just seemed to be a bit like, you know, a bit beige and a bit boring. So uh, um, yeah, anything American when I was younger, it was we just loved it. We couldn't get enough of it. Have you uh, were you ever disappointed that Americans didn't uh weren't more attractive to soccer, what you folks call football? Uh that the the game hasn't caught on as much over here. I mean, I'll be honest here. I'll be honest here. I've never been much of a. I, I can't say soccer could just due to me being English. After call it after call it like English football and then American football. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, it's never bothered me because I've never really been. That was the only sport I've never really been into is English football. I used to go and see Leeds United when I used to get free tickets from work. That's our like local city club, uh, but when I was younger, I used to find it the most boring sport to watch in the world was soccer, and it's, and it was just sort of like back in the eighties as well. I get maybe one game a week, you know, and then you know we were still in the days where if somebody got injured, somebody used to run on with a, a an old bucket of sponge, and that, that like the height of medical legal science them days. Um, so no, it, it's never really been an issue, really. I'm really far apart. I mean, I can remember when they had the World Cup in '94 in America, uh, and that 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 just seemed to be really weird. But uh, now, nah, I mean, I don't watch any English football at all, so uh, I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy that you know I've got my NFL and uh, a bit of cricket, and I'm quite happy. <laughs> but. By the way, do you uh, dispute this at all from RRR David One? It was originally called soccer in the UK a hundred years ago. I, I do not know, but it could have been. I mean, it must—the name must have come from somewhere. Uh, but we—we'd never call it soccer. Over. I, I mean, if I said soccer, 
So one of my mates would just take the piss out of me for ages. That I wouldn't hear the end of it. We go, what soccer? No. What do you what you like? You call that football? And they don't really kick the ball. And uh, I've had them conversations for the last thirty odd years. <laughs> yeah, I've been around some English people where the word soccer came up, and I was immediately reprimanded, or the person. Who oh said yeah. It. That, yeah, it's, that's some serious stuff. But our, our David Warren is saying he's holding to it. He says it, it was. Um, Tooch, you ever you ever watch English football and do you like it? Yeah, I, I love soccer or yeah. football. Wow. Uh, watch, well, I'd love the Premier League. Uh, like watching, uh, you know, uh, what is the Europa and uh, Champions League football as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I hate when I'm wagering on a game and, and the team that I bet on gets red carded. <laughs> And then, and then I'm screwed, yeah. but I do like the game. But uh, I was wondering, Aldo, if we could talk about this. Sure. <laughs> what the heck? This is uh, you. a little uh, a pop cultural appropriation. Aldo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Str- strolling in like Nicolas Cage and Con Air. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> he needs to just come out of the closet, Aldo. Oh my gosh, I saw the video of him getting out of his car and he's going like this with his hair, and it looked really homoerotic. Uh, and I think he was going for that look, I think he was purposely trying to turn on some of his teammates. I meant to ask Dan when, when he thought Aaron would come out of the closet tonight. <laughs> <laughs> did he, sorry, sorry, guys. Did he actually turn up to training looking like that? Is that is that how yes. he turned up for for mini camp? Yeah. Yep. Oh, what an ar- what camp. an arsehole! What a fucking <laughs> arsehole! <laughs> I thought it was some sort of like I thought it was like a photo shoot. It was from like a, a terrible photo shoot for bad vests, and it guys he turned up for for training like that. What an what an absolute arsehole! <laughs> Wouldn't we we call that a knob? Yeah, we call him a knob over here as well. <laughs> Fucking knobhead. <laughs> what a knob. <laughs> what a knob. Um, guys, to close the uh, show, I wanted to let people know that we were going to debut a, a new segment on the show, but I, I got the idea last night. I was all smoking some marijuana and I immediately texted the guys, hey, I got an idea for Tooch had his ready to go, though. Tooch was the only one that followed through on it. I, I, I failed to do the opening uh, animation graphic, and uh, neither uh, Dan nor myself actually picked a topic to talk about, except for Tooch. And so this is the premise. We're calling this segment um, – how are we calling it, Tooch? Boned. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got boned. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is that every week we will pick somebody who got boned, who they got screwed somehow, some way. And so uh, Tooch was not all over it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that video that you sent me. Tooch, yeah. you wanna set it up? Sure. Yeah, this is uh, a, a Padres game the other night. And although you weren't at this one, but I think this was a couple nights after the game uh, that you went to, and right. uh, uh, the batter's Manny Machado, the uh, slugger for the Padres probably their best player and uh he uh checks his swing gets hit by a pitch and he thinks he's going to first he's ready to go to first base (laughs) (laughs) 
You got boned. You got boned on that call, man. <laughs> that, in essence, will be our segment. Yep. Instead of getting the base, he got he struck out. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect preview. You, you really nailed it. That is exactly what we want to do. And then during the NFL season, I think there's going to be so many great you got boned opportunities. Oh, that's so um, I can't it'll wait. It'll be, to... be like our version of come on, man. It's our yeah, version exactly. of that, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Dan is going to work on uh, doing some announcing of you got boned. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll produce that and have it ready to go. Hopefully by next week's show, but uh, definitely by the start of the football season, we'll get that squared away. Uh, guys, I want to go around the table and uh, final thoughts. Uh, Chris, you are our guest, and I'm so glad we finally had you on. Uh, any anyone you want to give a shout out to or any uh, um, words? I, I, well, I'd like, I'd like to give uh, you guys a shout out straight away for letting me come on your show. Uh, as I say, it's like I've been like a long time viewer, first time caller. Um, and uh, I, I just want to say thanks for letting me be on the network, Alder, because um, it, it's, it's, it's made a big difference in my life. I suffer from severe depression and I live on my own, so I'm on my own a lot and uh just having the the show to sort of focus on and also to get getting to know you guys as people it's it's that's my biggest shout out um like i'm gonna say like until like we spoke today i don't think i'd had a proper conversation with anybody for over a week and uh so it's it's just been a really great for me to get excited about and i just i've loved everybody i met on the network i'm not just saying that because if I don't like somebody, I'll tell you. I think you know. If I think somebody's a knob, then you, they get told. But um, yeah, uh, just thank, thanks to Aldo, thanks to Tooch and Dan for letting me on the show. And uh, yeah, everybody have a good week and, and respect each other. And I'll I'll see you on the next uh, tailgate show. Absolutely, Chris. And uh, my heart goes out with you. I've battled with depression too and anxiety. It's not fun. And um, so anytime you need somebody to talk to, you've got a bar room full of people here, starting with me. I, I, I'd love to chat up with you if you ever come to. A yeah, I, I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. You got it, brother. Tooch, uh, what do you got for me? Uh, I'm just uh, same old, you know, uh, waiting for football and, and, and uh, college football, NFL football, college football. Waiting to get back into uh, wagering, as, as you know, like baseball kicks my ass every. I, I usually I sit baseball <laughs> out. It's just impossible to wager on, you know. It's yeah, it's yeah. uh, it, it, you know, it's it's every year, it's it's the same thing. You know, it's just too hard. You you can handicap all you want with baseball, and and like tonight, I love the Carlos Rodon and the Giants. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was would have been a pretty good bet. Boom. Uh, the Diamondbacks uh, and they're like their rookie pitcher took out Rodon, so it's like and the Giants, you know. Wow. But uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it, it, football's right around the corner. So yeah, Thank college you. basketball. You know, I'm a huge college basketball fan. That's where I make most of my money, yeah. and uh, did well on NHL and soccer this year too. So, but uh, football, I'll be looking forward to giving some tips. Uh, uh, for uh, for NFL wagering and, and college football wagering mm-hmm. with uh, my partner Anthony. Very cool. Yeah, we 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 still have to have a talk about that. Uh, by oh, the yeah. way, you just got an invitation to go to West Wales and watch a Bears game with. All them. right. 
All right, tricky. sounds good. That sounds good to me. I'm up for that. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've had some yeah. I've had some many crazy nights out in Wales, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. You can, you can go from Whitby to Temby. <laughs> wow! Right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, and make make sure you catch uh, catch Chris Watts on the Barfly Tailgate Show every Sunday morning at eight a.m. Central, uh, they go for about two hours, and then uh, the fantasy football goon show that, of course, all will uh, get rearing regularly uh, when the season starts. But I think the have you guys, Chris, have you guys talked about starting up Barfly Tailgate in the next week or two? Um, I haven't heard, I, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna, I think we might be starting when the preseason starts. I'm guessing, okay. uh, obviously, I've got everything else to go through AC. Because obviously it's the AC show, isn't it? Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, um, AC did mention around uh, pre-season, but you can definitely smell footballs coming in the air, can't you? I, you know, I've got that feeling like, you know, when you're a little kid and it's just before Christmas and you sort of have that little giddy feeling. That's how I'm feeling at the moment with the NFL just around the corner. So uh, yeah, that's it, yeah. I love it. I love the way you uh, described that. By the way, R.R. David, again, saying uh, he's in Pembroke, right on the coast. Mm. Is that South Wales or North Wales? Oh, I couldn't couldn't really say, but I've been to it. I've been been there once, and it's a a really nice place. Beautiful area. Oh, it looks like the White Sox won a football baseball game, uh, and unfortunately – you nor I had money on them. <laughs> no, no, I like Kopech tonight, though. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not wagering on baseball anymore. So, I'll, I'll do just a quick question. Uh, one time, one time you're wearing a t-shirt. It's an England on it. So, have you actually been over here on holiday? No, I have not. Uh, I've been to Europe, right. uh, but uh, that England t-shirt was a present right. to me. Stepdaughter. She was there for her uh, uh, her final year of high school. They did uh, European. All right, cool. Uh, went to London, went to Paris, and one other city. Uh, Madrid. She hit. She hit, mm. we hit all three of those cities for a two week break after her senior year of high school. And um, I awesome. Sure, it was very nice of her. So, um, but I'd love to go there. It's always been on, on my bucket list, and my wife and I will definitely uh, head over mm-hmm. to England for a vacation. My wife, by the way, is going through a transition in her career. She just left her corporate job. Uh, she's got another three, four weeks off, and then she's uh, opening up her own uh, consulting business. So, um, uh, it's going to be nice to have her around cool. the house. Often, uh, wow, congratulations, people. Donna! Yeah. Right, it's, yeah, it, it's a big move for her because That's good know, work. she's uh now her own boss, and so she's been working with a uh, pharmaceutical company that their headquarters is in Japan. So she'd be happy, ah. she'd have in, uh, conference calls at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and so those days are over with. And by the way, Chris, it's probably around 4.30 in the morning there where you're at right now, five, right? 5 a.m. It is, now. It is. Yeah, it's just just turned 5. Oh, so basically, my. I'm just going to stay up. I'm just going to stay up now. I'm going to have some breakfast and a joint. And then I might go to bed. <laughs> I'm going to have right. uh, dinner and a joint. <laughs> nice, nice. Beans on toast. <laughs> Beans on toast. That could be a good possibility, yeah. 
All right, everyone. Uh, thanks uh, so much for joining us. We got a full slate of programming tomorrow. Uh, Chris uh, or Cliff, uh, who is always live for the Science Fiction Show, they are going to be on tomorrow at 9 p.m. Central. They're going to talk about Comic Con, their most uh. recent Comic Con. Comic Con. They got a lot of news that yeah. came out of there, so that should be a really interesting show. I'm going to make sure to stop in and uh, take a listen. They're doing that show all, all on their own now. I'm not directing for them, so, but I will be a participant and, and tune into that. Uh, prior to that, uh, we will have a bar down hockey talk at 2 p.m. Central. And then at uh, 7 p.m. Central, it's the Mac and Reed show. Those guys always deliver the goods. So uh, we've got a full slate of uh, shows and much more to come. And during the football season, we're going to have new programming six out of the seven days of the week. So there will be a lot of fresh programming coming at you from the Barroom Network. So uh, these guys are partly responsible for that, too. Chris Watts, John Santucci, and uh, Dan Aguirre, uh, big roles with the Barroom and delivering this content to you guys. Hope you guys uh, enjoy it and share it with others. Uh, until next week, for Dan Aguirre, I'm Aldo Gandia. That's John Santucci. That's Chris Watts. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. Make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network and you give us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, my name is Namsi. Bear down.